I don't think it's been a very, 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 very long time since we've heard the exact ending of that song. Hey, everybody, welcome. It is about 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. We're a few minutes late, but we are buckled in, clickety-clack, put the seatbelts on, ladies, gents, and everyone out there listening on YouTube right now. It is April 20th, 2023, which means only one thing, Dustin Kava. It means only one thing. It means it's time for the second annual Fuck yeah, we made it to two. The second <laughs> annual Because Cannabis Holiday Special 420. We are here celebrating April 20th. The only way that we know how uh, by talking about it for a very long time. My name is BC Wayman. This is Dustin Kava. We are Because Cannabis, a podcast that is every single Wednesday, 420 p.m. on your YouTube. And then on Thursdays, anywhere that you listen to audio podcasts, follow us, wayward.media on the internet and at meetwm at meetwm. Anywhere you listen to social media, Dustin Kava. It's about 12.15. We got a bunch of guests lined up that are ready to go right off the bat. This time last year, Dustin Kava, this time last year we sat here on, you know, April 19th. We decided to do uh, 2022. Hey, let's talk for four hours. We booted up at about the same time, 15 minutes late. Thank you, technical difficulties, and had <laughs> zero people. Zero people watching. Hey, they're out there. Everyone watching right now. Zero guests lined up, and somehow we made it through. Now we're big time, Dustin. How you feeling, man? I'm awesome. This is one of my favorite holidays and has been for 15 years. This is the busiest day I usually have for 15 years, and somehow we managed to continue to make it extremely busy. With the shop, we would have more people today than we would in maybe a month and a half time combined. And so it was a very, very busy day. The receipt paper would go from the register at the very back of the shop all the way to the front door. Now you're putting thing. that CVS style receipt on uh, 420 <laughs> at the head shop. I see how it is. That super long ass receipt. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is the Because Cannabis Holiday Special. Four hours, 20 minutes of cannabis conversations on YouTube, April 20th, 2023. It is uh, the holiday in the cannabis season. The holiday that started is a bunch of stoners looking for magical weed. You know, the story of the Waldos. Google it. It's out there. We're not going to break it down, but it's out there. Google it. Those dudes out in San Rafael who, who had a treasure map. They had a treasure map. That's what it's like, by the way. Everyone talks about what's the differences between years past on April 20th and this year. On April 20th this year, you got BOGO in free pre-rolls with purchases. On April 20th in 1976, dudes were looking for magical weed via doorknob or elephant oh my god bro telephone game storytelling <laughs> it's a whole different world than it was back then uh do you like new commercial 420 dustin kava even though all your time like in the smoke shop selling or do you wish we could go back to the waldo era do you wish we could go back to where people just literally were via treasure maps looking for a particular strain that was growing the magical weed and now it's it's a fucking menu it's a menu I think I would go crazy as someone within the industry if we had pushed for so long to get things to where they are now and then decided to go back to where we were 20 years ago. So if it's hmm. corporate today, if it if it has a little bit of that vibe, there's a bit of that necessity there, especially to normalize the industry as a whole. So I'm I'm OK with it. I'm, I'm definitely OK. 
It's interesting. I don't know. I enjoy it. I like buying stuff and getting stuff free. So I don't know. That's where I'm like, you know, the, the old BOGO thing, by the way, my wife gets mad when I go to the grocery store. Uh, this is what you get when it's four hours and 20 minutes of conversation. You get grocery store BOGO talk. Uh, I go to the grocery store and it's chips, right? And chips are buy one, get one free, like two for five. And even though if you bought one, it would be 250 on the scan. My brain <laughs> is marketed. Like it knows how to read a good slogan. Like, you know, if someone wrote a fancy advertising thing, like BOGO, like, yeah, I got to get two. And I come home with two and I'm all thrilled. Like I saved tremendous amount of money on two bags of chips. And yet I still get reprimanded because I could have bought one for half price. I don't know. It's all in the marketing. That's all I'm saying. It's all in the marketing. I, man, I don't know. I just today always had the most, it was the most meaningful day of the year for us. This is like, we would have customers that would only come in on 420 every year. And it was this like, this reunion, this, I don't know. It, it was the one day where the community knew to come in and say hi. We would have cupcakes and brownies and and just a home and have food delivered from from customers just to say thank you from everything that we ever did that year for them. And it was just it always meant more than just let's just smack a few back and, and get it done. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is kind of the impetus behind why we do this, Dustin, right? We wanted to put together this show. We have a lot of guests every single Wednesday, 4.20 p.m. We have a ton of people that stop by. All these tremendous conversations that we've had, uh, and we have friends of ours, friends of the show, people that we work with who are sharing more conversations, sharing people's very intimate stories and their connections with cannabis, maybe their courage that they found with cannabis. We have all these different people that are connecting, and so that's why we do today, to bring them all together last year. Didn't have a lot of folks there. This year, I got a ton of people lined up down below in the waiting room. And so speaking of marketing, let's bring in, speaking of friendship, speaking of marketing, uh, let's bring in Dustin. We'll go way back in my cannabis journey, the person that brought us together, right? Anthony uh, Triviante, Trav Media Group. How you doing today, Anthony? What's up, fellas? It's good to be back on the show. I want to, inter I want to interlude real quick with what you guys were talking about with your episode last year. I want to go back even further to when Dustin had the store and me and BC sat up in that front room and oh, ran yeah. the live oh, yeah. from inhalables, which was not even because cannabis, that was a wayward planet episode, but it's we full did, circle. I forgot wow, about I forgot. that. We yeah, I said that was we, me and uh, BC. So the baton has been passed around. Um, and you gentlemen have really taken this show to really great heights and I'm super proud of you guys, but well, thank you, I couldn't Anthony. help to think about uh, sitting in inhalables and, I forgot thing. we did that live podcast from the old inhalables front smoke shop in Brunswick, Ohio, uh, formerly uh, co-owned, founded by Dustin Kava, uh, co-founded. And so we sat there, Anthony and I, we sat there on uncomfortable stools. I remember we didn't have good chairs. <laughs> we had uncomfortable stools. We had mics with like, uh, you hand. know, like, like wired mics that we had to hold. <laughs> and we talked for about two to three hours trying to interview the customers. And I remember they were getting maybe like people today who are out and about on 420. They're getting very annoyed that we were basically interrupting. They just wanted a great deal at inhalables. They wanted to get that BOGO. They wanted to get a free one-y uh, with the purchase of a $25 glass pipe. They wanted to take advantage of those inhalable marketing deals and hear me and Anthony be like, hey, how do you feel about April 20th, bro? Tell me about it. And now, three years later, I'm like doing the exact same thing, screaming for people to come listen. Yeah, I totally awesome. forgot about it. But look at, the, look at how it's gone. But I think that just speaks to the dedication of this show, that there was not only one year where no one was talking, but there was a second year. <laughs> Where BC was running it down. Three. Maybe three. Oh, three years right on. Yeah, now we're on our third. Now this is almost getting depressing. Why is the, why is the annoying? <laughs> why is the, what's so annoying? Uh, 
like building business and stuff, you always hear that five year marker, and it's so annoying because it's so true. You Dude, know, there... it's like three years always where it starts picking up, and then five is where you're comfy, and it's like you can't escape it. There's also this mention or this notion of you don't actually see the thing being built when you're looking at it on the day to day. You're so involved, you're so zoomed in at each individual task, and to 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 zoom out after three years or four years and be like, wow, holy smokes, look at what I did accomplish. Look at, you know, look at everything. At, look at all the guests that we've had. Look at just all the companies we've worked with. And it's a pretty it's it. Those are the moments when, you know, the heart is filled and it, you really you finally get validity for mm -hmm. validation for, for all the work yeah. you've finally done. Yeah, I know I, I give you a bunch of praise when we're working together, but uh, BC and to anyone listening, I'm super proud of this show and to see what it's become um, of all the podcast and content ideas we have. You guys actually got some traction and you guys. Yeah, right. It's still so. going strong. Yeah, uh, you guys are having crazy guests. It's like I, I'm and I don't even, I'm seeing it on LinkedIn and it's like every every big hitter. Um, God, I can't remember his name. You guys just had on the show, but he wrote that book Danny gave us. Jorge Cervantes. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Cervantes, Andrew D'Angelo, uh, Warren yeah. Bobro, Amy uh, Ryman. We've had some amazing doctor. Yeah, Doctor Amanda Ryman with uh, mm -hmm. New Frontier Data. We've had some people, which is that cool when they come for me on. too, because it's like I, you know, me and Dustin work with Grasslands, and it's like fun to have a bunch of like you guys have a Rolodex building up too, where it's like Dustin knows. You, know, you guys have talked to Steve, but they're doing a project with Andrew D'Angelo, and it's like all these, you know. It's really seeing the network um, kind of play out, especially as like doing this as my career in cannabis. It's like to have met you, BC, and at the really built a, a beyond a brotherly relationship with Dustin working and like all these people we've met. It's like it's so much fun. It is I think weird. That's the beauty uh, of the holiday, right? Yeah, it all together. Eating pizza, having you guys do judging for the Dank Tank final projects at the Cleveland School of Cannabis many, many years ago has led to like this weird thing, stopping by inhalables to buy a device uh, and Dustin telling me to come back on Black Friday uh, 10 years ago, started our relationship. Uh, it is interesting. How do you typically, Anthony, first of all, give a quick shout out, give a quick bio, tell people out there, yeah. shout out the website and stuff. We got a lot of guests we got to bring on here. We're going to bring in Dr. Bridget mm -hmm. Williams here in just a few moments uh, and then a bunch of authors connected with her second. Talk about second. We got another number two that doesn't sound good we got another number two coming up in just a few moments uh here <laughs> someone else celebrating their second uh tell everyone a little bit about yourself anthony get the plugs out there uh and such yeah super high level uh i am anthony trevante of trav media group i work real closely with dustin um and we build websites photo video kind of what we do um in short is we we build like a holistic smart business focused marketing ecosystem for you. I think, you know, what we do really well is come to the table with, um, you know, you, Dustin's already talking about inhalables. We both have so much entrepreneurial experience and so much experience building even things like this, where it's like, we bring that to the table and kind of work with a lot of brands to help take them farther. I, I've been using the metaphor in my head of kind of medicine, where it's like here, even in cannabis, how you we kind of have the, the holistic cannabis side of things. And then you have the Western side that kind of pushes back. And I think in marketing, me and Dustin do a really good job of being that holistic solution where we're not just forcing down these cookie cutter strategies and these, these unrealistic expectations. It's like we use tools and we use processes and we, we really try to do some really awesome work. And I think we have, um, you know, we work with some really great brands like Grasslands and Ricardo Baca, Canyon THC, um, Escape Artist, who just is launching their new line in Nevada on Monday. Um, but we've worked all across the country and it, it's super, it's so amazing. Like I've, 
I couldn't having worked in other marketing situations. I mean, I'm biased. I own the company. It's my company, but it's like having worked with different marketing situations and different teams and everything, man. It's just like, we, we have a lot of fun and we get to meet really amazing people um, and provide uh, Dustin, a lot of value on the spot and uncomfortably. What's Anthony's worst work habit. Mm. Oh, uh, Actually getting excited about some other thought or or process that we're going to do and kind of getting sidetracked from what we're actually doing on. And so to me, it's almost like he's he's very he's good at seeing all the puzzle pieces. And when you're when you are that creative and you are capable of that, some it just it's same with any leader it, you have to convey each an individual step along the way as well and not just be thinking the six steps ahead all the time you kind of have to backtrack and get the team back up and he's i don't want to it's not even a bad thing it actually allows us to all right you really like push the envelope. you're like all like doing like a backwards compliment thing like oh, oh he's no so, I, it's he's all so good. unfocused <laughs> that he's focused kind of vibe man like come on <laughs> i'm an entrepreneur you know, right you know I what wanted, honestly like, I, like, I have to say that i've worked place, for a lot of assholes steak. and I, I i've worked with a lot of assholes and for a lot of assholes and the way anthony or you know organically looks at employee work how it should be visualized where the hell it needs to happen at where you know like what are those boxed guidelines i is one of the most proactive companies when it comes to a positive work family work home relationship so i fucking i love working with Trey. working as brothers is definitely a goal we've accomplished because that's a hard thing it's hard to work with family it's hard to work uh it's hard to work even with significant others sometimes. So I think I think we do a good job there. I thought you were gonna say me responding to emails was my. Ah, <laughs> shit, I didn't even think about that. There, that is real, yours was way more constructive for me, so I appreciate it. But it I do is suck interesting at because so many cannabis businesses, if we want to be real, like a lot of them are family businesses. How many people have we had on the show, Dustin, that have a family connection or they work with a close relative or they work with their, their sibling, their, their, uh, you know, their child, their parent, like all these different relationships. It seems to be, especially in cannabis, seems to be a very family driven thing, right? It seems to be a very, uh, thing where people are connected because of that. So family run businesses, people who know each other on a level outside of work trying to start a company together is a theme through and through uh when it comes to cannabis uh, we are here live uh 420 april 20 2023 the because cannabis holiday special catching up with anthony uh Trevliante from trav media group but we got a lot of guests lined up here uh so let's start uh let's get a little courageous here uh, i feel like i i feel like i wish i could have some music right now dustin uh, because on the screen are some stats like we're going to couragingcannabis.com to talk about our next guest, and she's dropping stats up on that screen. We got two books published. We got 5.0 user rating and four bestseller awards. I feel like like uh, I'm mad at the Cavs game. Like, ladies and gentlemen, bring it now to Because <laughs> Cannabis Holiday Special. Let's stop the share screen. All right, enough of that. Uh, let's bring in one of our favorite people, uh, one of our very early guests on the show i don't know the episode number we probably should have tracked that down one of our very early guests on the show someone who i've been fortunate to know uh outside of work as well and outside of this and getting to know and working with them uh and who also has been both wonderful for the show and someone that 
Dustin is now uh, working with, speaking of uh, Trav Media Group, and then also uh, got a lot of wonderful people together twice now, as the stats stay on CourageAndCannabis.com. Dr. Bridget Williams, MD, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us here on the Because Cannabis <laughs> Holiday Special, uh, Wayward Media at MeetWM. Uh, let's do this. Uh, give the quick bio who you are, and then we'll talk a little bit about the book and what you got going on this year. Sure. So thank you for having me, everybody. My definitely my favorite people. So my name is Dr. Bridget Cole Williams. I am a family doctor and I am a cannabis specialist. Um, I own Dr. Bridget MD and Green Harvest Health and Courage and Cannabis and Embody, my Embody Life. And so I'm excited to, you're right, it's been um, a journey and uh you know, to be a part of it with you all has been, you know, definitely a plus. So I'm excited. I think here. shout out to uh, Dr. Bridget Williams. I don't know why I use everyone's full name. I think you have uh, also speaking of someone I've uh, had as multiple guests on multiple iterations. I think you've done Wayward Planet with us. You've done <laughs> obviously this show. You were on there for 20 last year. So you've been someone who's I feel like I've talked to a lot, <laughs> both yeah. professionally not and outside enough, of it. But not enough, right? Not enough, like, not enough. Right. Yeah. How are you doing this April 20th? What are you uh, doing on 420, uh, 2023 this year? So, um, today, well, first of all, I'm here with you all. So that's, that's the best part, right? Um, we have, um, obviously we have some of our authors coming on today, which I'm excited about. I'm deep in the editing and in the trenches of getting book two going. So I don't know if I'll be a normal person until after that is done, but tonight, we are doing a puff and paint. This is Alice Gondoland's um, first huge uh, uh, event. And so we're, um, Embody is a big sponsor of this. And you know what I'm excited about? We are launching for the first time our Blossom Bar. And so Ooh. we have these amazing, very beautiful um, beverages that will be elevating and thirst quitching and um, make you feel fancy. So um, we're doing that tonight with um, Candy Amrich, which is, who is also Alice in Gondoland. And so that's, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm doing today. Um, other than that, I think I'm hanging out with you this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're doing our event. We'll do a quick shout out to the plug. If you're listening, if you're in the Northeast Ohio area, uh, the Cleveland School of Cannabis, 6599 Granger Road, Independence, Ohio, has a celebration of cannabis. Everyone's busy today. You're listening to this show. You got plans tonight. But Saturday, April 22nd, uh, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m., uh, the Cleveland School of Cannabis, we're having a, just a ton of great vendors on their demonstrations. Lissa Glass uh, will be there doing some things. We've had them on the show. Dr. Bridget Williams will be there doing medical card recommendations for the state of Ohio. Uh, one of the best deals you're going to find. One of the best deals you're going to find there. So get there early. It will fill up. Uh, I'm going to see you that day, actually, Dr. Bridget. Put my name number one, uh, DK, on the list, and then everyone else after that from there. So 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., 6599 Grange Road. If you're in Northeast Ohio, the Cleveland School of Cannabis, um, good to yeah, good to shout out. It'll be fun to see you in person. We get to do yeah. this often with you. Let's do this because we got a couple Anthony, of authors yeah. here uh, lined up and Anthony uh, to go. We are here to talk for you, for you uh, Dr. Bridget. We had you on last time and you were actually kind of in the start of the first book. And now as we bring up on screen here, if you're listening to us on YouTube or watching us on audio, uh, you've done a second volume. You've created a second volume uh, of the Courage and Cannabis. So let's talk about this. You had a bunch of people get together. It's an anthology. It's people sharing their connections. You put mm -hmm. out a great story. 
Were there just more stories? Why the need for a second volume? Let's talk well, about the launch, the idea, and go from there. Because there are so many, many stories in cannabis and that it affects so many people in such interesting and personal ways. And, you know, I was always a big fan of Chicken Soup for the Soul. I love inspirational stories that kind of push you and motivate you and, and just make you feel better um, and, and make a connection sometimes when you're feeling like you're a little bit in a silo. And so it was really important to me to do this again. Um, because there were so many stories that we didn't touch on in the first book. And so, uh, yes, we're doing Courage and Cannabis Volume 2, The Triumphant Stories. We have more uh, legacy stories. Um, we have Johnny Curry. We have more corporate stories. We have Adam Wilkes of Tyson 2.0. We have more education um, in this book because a lot of people read the book last time and said this was fascinating, but they still didn't understand how cannabis worked. So we have Uwe Blushing from the Cannabis Health Index. Um, so those are featured authors along with, oh my gosh, amazing stories just around health, education. We have things called Sparks this year. And so Sparks are people that have a voice in the cannabis space and are giving either a little short vignettes or or testimonies or quotes. And we have, gosh, uh, people that I have encountered in the last two years, Ed Rosenthal, um, Mike Tyson, Jane West, uh, people that have been so motivating to me, J.R. Fleming, Frederica Easley, uh, Danielle Simone Brand, I think you're, you're familiar with. Um, really just amazing, and, and so many more, so many amazing people. And you'll be talking to some of them today. So uh, how can we not do another book? <laughs> it seems natural, right? It seems natural uh, for that. Is it tough, Anthony? Is you're someone who like year after year, we got to you know Anthony has to run here in a second. Uh, do you like kind of revisiting old ideas in that kind of thing? Um, like revisiting ideas every year that I've like. Yeah, right. Out. Like, what's it like to do a sequel? Um, I haven't done a sequel yet. Well, there you go. I, well, I'm sorry. Nothing. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> um, but um. I think there's definitely something to flushing out an idea entirely. I mean, I also, aside from cannabis and like do film and kind of creative stuff in that nature. And it's like some ideas just don't die. Like when they're like, they're not finished, you know, it's like they're, they're literal chapters of a story. Um, so I think it's very easy to do a, a sequel, especially with something like courage and cannabis. It's like, there's, I'm not even going to put a number to it, but I'll say millions, if not more people who are affected by this yes. plant, whose individual stories, like I, I've always said, um, aside from cannabis being something I've like believed in being drawn to this industry was a storytelling decision. Um, I went to school for filmmaking, but it's like here I've told very meaningful and very powerful and very real stories. Um, you don't find yourself um, not that marketing ever really lies, but you don't find yourself like, making a story here you find yourself capturing a story you find yourself going to grasslands and seeing how they do business you find yourself interviewing 50 different people and hearing how this has changed their life and it's like i more times than not get goosebumps sitting on set doing work with this industry than i do making a story that's fictitious because it's like it's crazy to hear i mean we were just at the last um thing at the school where me and dustin were doing licit glass and it's like, I haven't been in, you know, with COVID and everything, it's like, I haven't been to many events. And it was like, even hearing people be like, I quit my job and like his wife be like, he's so much of a better partner. And it's like, all because of this like little plant. It's like, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> I, uh, 
I um, yeah, I think now we're getting to that level where there are generations that are affected. So a story that changed someone's life 30 years ago is now affecting their children and their grandchildren. And so it's not just millions of people, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of hours worth of change that has happened. And I think it's, it's, it's really powerful. It's really cool. And something like courage and cannabis, those stories, you can see that you can see how a story from someone like Jorge Cervantes changed this person's life and moved them forward. And now they're writing about it, changing a whole nother generation's, you know, perspective. And it's just, it really is incredible. And I, I don't know, I just, above all, man, I, I'm really thankful that me and you get to tell stories in the way they should be told. Cause a lot of times companies kind of miss the, miss the real point about it all. And, and there's, it's, it's incredibly important at this stage in the industry for us to tell the right stories and, and, and share the right perspectives. So I'm pretty stoked, man. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. For sure. I'm going to be back at four o'clock though. I promise. So we're going to, we're going to wrap this up later, but I appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for having me on. And uh, if you're watching, stay tuned. It's going to be a great, great couple hours. All right. We're going to say goodbye to Anthony. But as Anthony leaves, we're going to bring in our next guest, one of those amazing authors that we uh, have talked about. And we got a couple more lined up today. So uh, a lot of us here from Ohio, let's bring uh, from Michigan. Yes. Let's welcome Rick to Because Cannabis here, the holiday special. How are you doing today, Rick? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, we yeah. are excited to have you on the show, uh, one of the authors of the book. Just real quick, why don't you just give kind of a basic introduction, tell us your name, where you're from, and we'll just uh, dig into your story a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm Rick Anstis. I'm from Berrien Springs, Michigan. That's the fun fun thing about my state is it's right across the, the way from Chicago. So we're here in Michigan. <laughs> um, and uh, I uh, am a co-owner of Big Cloud present our uh, legacy, which is uh, Big Cloud Farms. We're an event uh, coordinator company. And I'm also a uh, board member on Michigan Weedsters, uh, activist, entrepreneur, many, many different uh, aspects because cannabis really kind of provides that, that avenue for our, I'm AD, ADHD quite heavily and my mind goes crazy all the time constantly and cannabis slows that down a little bit so i think it's a great space for those kind of minds to be super creative all over the place so i kind of i let it do it <laughs> that's awesome uh appreciate you joining the show today now you saw if you go to let's bring up the screen here uh once again couragingcannabis.com that's where you can find out all of these stories including rick story by the way uh can we just go right now heads up probably the dopest headshot in the book <laughs> like if i'm gonna be honest i think you have got to be uh the coolest headshot in the book there uh, absolutely so uh rick is in there and it talks about your story right being from michigan uh kind of entering into the cannabis industry in 2008 becoming a caregiver like starting that process uh, i assume maybe you were kind of comfortable with the plant how was it is someone um you know getting into the caregiver system in Michigan, being a little more regulated. Did you like that? Do you like Michigan's rules and regulations? You wish it was a little more free? Like, how do you feel when it comes to this regulation and this industry and how it deals with patients particularly? Well, it's a very long and complicated answer, but I'll try and minimize it as best as possible. Short and skinny, we have a law that's two laws um, that were petition driven by the citizens of 
Michigan, um, giving us pretty much all the power in the creation of those laws and how they were written. So I would say Michigan has the best in the country medical program opportunity for it to um, not only develop knowledge and um, research through through the caregivers that are participating in it and, and growing the plants for the patients with the ailments, um, but also a a much compared to like Ohio and some of the other ones that I've heard much broader, we're allowed five patients and we have 12 plants per patient, which is significant to me. And honestly, if anything could go up a little bit um, because when you have a patient that need, requires RSO, for instance, it requires pounds and pounds of cannabis to create that oil for them. So a larger plant count is vital, especially if you're in a small confined a area like many are growing smaller plants. I have to tell you though, that when Rick and I first, uh, I think I did your show was the first time we had like a lengthy conversation and it was the coolest thing to, for me on the medical and patient side to really have this like vibing conversation about the plant and what works and conditions from someone that's actually like there and growing and trying to get those terpenes and cannabinoids to the level to help the patients that he has. And it was like this spark of like, okay, this is, this is what it's about. This is what we're doing. And there's so many times in the cannabis space where we're separated right? You know, the physicians are separated from the dispensaries, right? The, um, the, the, the cottage industry and caregiver segment is separated from the corporate segment. And here is an opportunity where, look, if we actually pulled this together, we could be doing incredible work for the patients that we all want to serve. And Rick is an incredible example of someone who's focused on patient care and what the plant can really do medicinally. Yeah, and that, that has been a huge passion of mine with the plant because she's so versatile. And once science gets to dive into her legitimately, it's gonna take some time to figure out the diversity of this plant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I um, We have family who are also caregivers in Michigan and there has been that struggle, especially, you know, one patient may end up taking, depending on how the, how, you know, the, the agreement is with your patient and how you've structured certain things. You know, a lot of times I've seen a lot of caregivers, one patient may end up taking a 70% of something else, you know, the way the numbers have to work out and you're constantly shifting. You're constantly trying to figure out two, three months in advance as they're working through all their, their therapy and stuff like that to kind of get them to where they're at even. And so you, it is, it's a, it's a much larger proposition to, to manage that. And so, yeah, higher numbers would make a massive difference. It's interesting because it's something that like Ohio struggles right with right now, patient count, right? You've seen that Dr. Bridget Williams, MD, you got your own website, you know, Dr. Bridget MD, you've been someone who's been a recommending physician in Ohio's program, I think since the beginning, uh, which you've done with Green Harvest Health. How has it been, you know, Ohio really struggles to get patients. It's been a very, you know, patient, I would say unfriendly state. What is it like on your end, Dr. Bridget, is someone like trying to spread the word and seeing Ohio's numbers be so small in comparison to many of our neighboring states? 
Mm -hmm. So I think part of the problem here is, you know, it's kind of, it's difficult to have the knowledge and know that you have this one thing that could help so many people. And for numerous reasons, it's being um, kind of pulled away or hidden or kept under, kept in the dark from the people that it could help the most, right? And so I think the part of it is education and getting the word out. Part of it is how things are run here. It's very, um, there's a negativity, I think, in, in the climate that makes the average patient that could really benefit from this apprehensive and scared to participate. And so as long, if, if there was more support from the medical community, if there was more support as far as being allowed to even advertise, right? Like I, yeah. you, when you're driving from Ohio, <laughs> you're going, you know, you hit the, oh, pure Michigan. And the first thing you see are signs about the cannabis program, right? And some people might say, oh, that's just like, you know, flagrant advertising, what have you. But if you are a patient, you are going to feel like, well, gosh, it's out there and I can find it. I had someone the other day said, oh, Michigan, I mean, Ohio has a, a cannabis program. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, people would know they don't necessarily know. And so I'm not saying we need billboards everywhere, but if that's what's necessary to help people, then we need to have the ability to advertise and get the word out and say, this is safe and this is an opportunity. And your doctor is not going to dismiss you from their practice, which is also the other fear that you don't have to turn in your um, concealed to carry weapons. If you get a card Mm. like that information is still, it's all rumor and urban legend right now. And we, Ohio wants the money, but they don't want the patients, if that makes sense, right? They don't want people out there using it. And you can't have both. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Rick's up there running like giant events and everyone's doing like cash bashes again. (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, I know like stuff down there, but Michigan's like, let's let's do some parties. What is it like? I feel like you're listening. I'm listening to Dr. Bridget Williams from Dr. Bridget Williams and decouragingcannabis.com talk. And I'm seeing Rick's face basically go, man, like we put on parties in Michigan. (laughs) It must feel so different. And we're so close, but feels so different. Um. Uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, the party, so to speak, uh, is is what uh, celebration. I call, yeah, I, I call the, the, the culture itself. Mm-hmm. So by putting on these events and doing it in the place, in the space that I did with starting off with the caregiver, that is the heart and soul of everything. That's where we came from. Um, and the black market, illicit market. Um, old hippies, whatever, right? Traveling hippies, gypsies, whatever, moved cannabis around the country for 40, 50 years. Those are the real heroes. And those are the people that threw things like this and brought things like this to us. Um, As corporate comes in, I refuse to allow them to take away what is ours. So Mm. at this point, we've gone as far as, you know, getting ourselves uh, working in the licensed sector. And now what I hope to do is blend those two things in a manner where my caregivers now can have an opportunity in the licensed market um, 
with a greater value because their product is leagues better than the corporate cannabis that's here now. Um, it actually helps. So when somebody does go in with an ailment like rheumatoid arthritis and is looking for something specific, mm-hmm. you're not just getting some uh, whatever strain thrown at you. You're actually, you can actually truly tell them that this is a good angle to take, a good place to start um, without uh, misinforming people or blatantly lying sometimes, you know, in the metric market, there, there's been a lot of things here in Michigan that have gone on. And uh, one of them is our former Speaker of the House is indicted by the FBI for taking bribe money and giving out licenses. So, mm. again, affecting the citizens that yeah. created the law, the caregivers and entrepreneurs, minimizing us out of a $2.8 billion industry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know what I find fascinating about this, like listening to Rick, is he takes, you know, medicine back to the compound pharmacist, right? Where the compound pharmacist would understand the patient and create the concoction that was necessary for the patient that was in front of them, that they were working with a physician that saw them and they're coming together and saying, hey, this is the patient I have. What can you make? What can we do? This is what I'm looking at. This is what I have. As opposed to the pharmaceutical industry, which everything is pressed in you know, high production pills, right? And so what Rick is saying is that if we, you know, when you know this patient, when you know their condition and you can pull together something that would specifically help them from what they have is a much better medical system than high production synthetic pills that don't know anything about the person in front of them. And then you get all the side effects. And so sometimes what happens in these corporate uh, you know, uh, cultivators is that they're doing the high, fast, pressed pill type of cannabis versus what Rick is doing, which is the much more individualized patient care um, strains that are meant for the person in front of them. What yeah, do it you- is. Uh, hold on, hold on, Dustin. I want to bring one more. We have another guest uh, here in the conversation. I want to bring this in because I think it's a, an important part because one of the fields, when we talk about patients, when we talk about cannabis as a therapeutic, when we talk about medicine, uh, one of the areas that it seems to be a very hot topic right now, and it's funny when you mentioned earlier, Dr. Bridget, uh, about hearing about medical cannabis, the only place I feel like I hear it these days is sports talk radio. That's where I feel it like all the time. Uh, and it's a big buzzword right now, the therapeutic effects of cannabis, using it as as an athlete trying to heal. Uh, so just because we're having a great conversation, I want to bring another author uh, to the show. Let's bring another author to the show, Gerald Moore Jr. Gerald Moore Jr., um, a former athlete, you know, using cannabis in his life. Another author from Can- Courage and Cannabis, Volume 2, uh, coming out soon. Is that out? Is it out already? No, no. I'm in the trenches, BC. Like, in I'm the trenches. I'm a figment of your imagination. I am not even allowed to speak or talk until this thing hits. So uh, it's at the editor right now and we're compiling and figuring out the order. And, you know, uh, I've been working with Dustin and DK's been working with Dustin nonstop. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But we're close. We're close. All right, let's uh, let's bring one more fo- person into the conversation, then we'll uh, keep this co- going. Uh, Gerald Moore Jr., welcome to the show because yeah, cannabis yeah. holiday special. Give us your quick background, Gerald, uh, and then we'll uh, keep going. Yeah, so my name is Gerald Moore Jr. Uh, originally born in upstate New York, Rochester, New York. 
Uh, most of my adolescence was raised in the D.C., Maryland, uh, Virginia area. Uh, and then I was a Division One athlete at Ohio University, uh, became an All-American. I uh, tried out for the NFL in 2013 with the Oakland Raiders. I uh, got my degree in healthcare administration. And that's why, you know, medicinally cannabis really has uh, shown me a lot. Uh, and then, you know, just the last few years, I've been raising my family, uh, doing a lot of different media ventures. I've, I've always dibbled and dabbled in a lot of different things. Um, but, you know, sign model and actor. So I've done commercials. Uh, so when you talked about marketing earlier, that was a, a, a big thing for me. Um, and so, yeah, just really diving into the creative side. I started using cannabis very early on um, and, and understood the therapeutic benefits because as an athlete, you're trying to perform at the highest level, you know, and so you're going to do things to, to uh, encourage that. And so when I was about 16, 17, I was um, at a private, an elite private school. So competition was fierce, you know, everybody had private trainers and things of that nature. Um, and so one time, you know, my friends were trying to get me to do it. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Uh, and I just realized it made me feel amazing. You know, it, it kind of took away a lot of the pain. Um, you know, just, I mean, contact sport. I played football. So it's a it's a gladiator sport. You're dealing with a lot of pain uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. You still deal with the realities of life. Um, and so I just realized it kind of slowed my brain down. It allowed me to see things uh, differently. Um, but also the health um, impacts of it. And then once I got to college, you know, you're playing against the best of the best in the world. Um, and so physically you're training hard. So even when training, you know, you have to help your body recover. Rest is a part of recovery. So cannabis can help you sleep. So I just started realizing all of these things um, while studying healthcare at, you know, uh, PWI, Ohio University, which has a great medical program. They have a great business and marketing program, a great journalism program, which my wife graduated from. Um, and then we had great success on the field. So, you know, while being drug tested, I'm performing at an elite level, but I'm also consuming cannabis and I'm a captain. So I had to live with all these different realities while trying to, you know, keep it low because, you know, once the coaches find out you smoke weed, you know, it becomes that cloud over your head, you know, um, anything, anytime you do something, it's that negative stereotype of, you know, he's just a pothead or he's a weed head or, you know, just these different things. And you hear it because some players come in, maybe smelling like weed, um, but then they go out on the field and perform at a very high level. Um, and so when you're having this experience, uh, you know, you kind of have to keep everything in. And so, telling my story through, um, you know, this platform with Dr. Bridget, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and I just understand the power in words and writing and sharing those things um, as therapy. So going through all those experiences, sometimes it's hard to just explain to people um, because it is so dense, you know, not everybody knows what it's like to be a division one athlete. Not everybody knows what it's like to trial for the NFL. Um, and people just because they see it, they think, oh, like they're not doing, you're not seeing the practices, you're not seeing the late nights, you're not seeing the not going to parties because I'm training, um, not having a lot of friends or people wanting to be your friend because you're successful. Um, so there's a lot that comes with that, which cannabis is helping a lot of athletes that don't really get to tell that story. We don't get to be vulnerable because again, football is a gladiator sport. You gotta be tough, you know? So as soon as somebody sees you being soft, they're gonna use that against you in some type of way. And so. Um, cannabis has always been something that I realized it goes so much deeper, you know, the legacy of it. I'm 33. My granddad 
you know, I just found a few years ago that my granddad was growing weed in the basement of the house I was growing up in, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's like, well, he passed away and like everybody's been against weed, but then you go back home for the family cookout and we all chiefing and it's just like, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, you know, the war on drugs, there's so many things. And I'm like, I'm the person in my family. Like, I'm like, it's up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the one that has to show people that we have to share these experiences and these stories um, because it's been far too long. It's literally been a war against people um, for a plant that, you know, if you work in the pharmaceutical industry, you understand pharmaceutical sales and pushing drugs and paying off doctors. You know what I mean? And so the long term effects of what that's doing to our culture, our families, you know, I'm a father, I'm a husband. Um, and I want to be here for my kids, but I've already taken a lot of life away by being a football player. You know, we talk about CTE, all these different things. And I'm like, well, if we're not even talking about it, we're just now talking about mental health. We're just now talking about some of these things. You know, I have to use my voice, my platform. Um, and so I created Athletes in Cannabis for that purpose, um, because a lot of athletes won't share their stories because we've been so conditioned. You know, we're starting to see it a little bit more, a lot a more, more podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, you're not really we're not getting into the griminess of it. You know, like football is a very um, when you look, it's a poor man's sport, you know. So you have to look at it as how are you treating the actual product on the field? Mm -hmm. You know, these players, you mean to tell me the NFL players are just now getting to the point where they're not being drug tested, but they still can't profit off the industry. They still can't market or promote it. Too, right. You know, so you have to, you know, we have to understand business. We have to understand marketing. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the players or the the fans will say, well, I don't want you promoting this. And it's like, well, you're promoting Bud Light and alcohol all day. You're promoting French fries and chicken and, you know, <laughs> it, but it, it's a family sport. So cannabis, if you're going to allow the product on the field, the players to expand their careers, have healthier lives long term. Um, you know, that's going to make the game better overall. And so, you know, it's a very dense topic. Um, sure. I think, you know, I work for an environmental uh, outreach company, a nonprofit uh, where I'm the president. So we're talking about sustainability. Well, we don't really talk about hemp and cleaning up some of these oil spills, cleaning up the air, using hemp as, you know, paper alternatives and things of that nature. So yeah. the cannabis industry is so dense. Um, and I feel like people have to understand, like, we're just now talking about diversity in corporations. And it's like, well, black people are diverse as well. You know, we're not a monolith. Like, you're going to see some that look like this, some, that, you know, so, you know, we really have to get in the meat and potatoes of it. And cannabis is one of those things where you dive a little bit deeper um, than surface level, you know, and, and give people that humanity back. Uh, we've kind of stripped the humanity out of, you know, the American working class. You know, um, and so cannabis is one of those things where you can have caregivers, you can have patients, I can be a small grower, I can help people in my community. I live in a neighborhood of mostly older people, and I'm like, y'all need to be on this. You know, y'all need to be going, right? It's, <laughs> it's 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 one of those things we're doing. So the whole reason we're trying to spending here today, we're spending April 20, 2023, with our because cannabis holiday special here on uh, Wayward Media. We got a lot of great uh, guests today. From we just put the link if you're listening into the comments, CourageingCannabis.com, CourageingCannabis.com. That is where you can go and you can uh, get Volume One, which is available now. Volume Two is in the heavy editing 
stage, uh, we have kind of our chief collaborator, right? The brains behind it, Dr. Bridget Williams with us right now. Uh, we have Rick Antis. Is that how you say your last name? I didn't catch your last name, Rick. Give me your last name. Uh, it's it's Anstis. There's an Anstis. S in the middle. I that, see it now. Yeah. As soon as I said it, I double, I was like, oh, I was there. I'm terrible last yeah, name. Anstis. Rick Anstis, uh, one of our authors in there, and then Gerald Moore Jr., uh, another author. How many total authors in the book, uh, Bridget? You're going to kill me. There's like, <laughs> I mean, Dustin, let me say this. Dustin is going to kill me. Yeah, I don't kill you. I'm just going to click on a link and show you a thing. Okay. Dustin is like, working on your website. There's like 40, there's 24 authors. I want to say there's 17 sparks. I think it's like 40, 41. Yeah, we're well over. Dr. Bridger bringing an army. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because we moved the book over into my nonprofit, right? We wanted to be able to make sure that being in the book had nothing to do with the finances and had all to do with the quality of your story. And so all the sales of the book will go back into the book so that, and we have sponsors. We have incredible, incredible sponsors. And so the purpose is so that people can tell their story no matter where they're from or what they're doing. The other reason why there's so many people in this book Besides the fact that I had a hard time saying no. <laughs> like, yes, tell us your story. Is because um, this is probably the last general book for a little while. The first book was a general book, stories all across cannabis and people's experiences, CBD. This one is the same, but very different stories. After this, we're going to start doing themes. We're going to do the legacy stories, um, Courage and Cannabis Nurses, Courage and Cannabis Moms, pediatrics, PTSD, veterans. And so there might be a while before we're getting back to the general story again. And so I, I just wanted to get whoever I could in there uh, before we started branching off. Uh, it is pretty incredible getting all these uh, folks together. Was it weird for you, Rick, to kind of like, I don't know how this process starts for you. Did you like want to tell her your story did she reach out to you and was it weird to try to you know kind of encapsulate your story did you just take a picture of your a piece of your moment how did you decide what you were going to actually sit down and like tell for your part of courageandcannabis.com volume two well i'm kind of good at just playing back in my mind what has happened in my life right so um it wasn't incredibly difficult to put it together and and um draw it up. But far as uh, meeting her and at first I was just enthralled by her first book and what she was doing. Um, and, and then she had asked me about uh, being in the book and I was just honored to, to have that opportunity because I'm not a big reader. Um, I, I stumble on words and, and things like that here and there while reading. So uh, it definitely was never a writer. So to have that opportunity um, was really unique. And I figured it was something that I should take because it's, it's there, you know, and another thing cannabis teaches us is to work from our heart. Yeah. And if you've met Dr. Bridget more than five minutes and you don't make a connection, then something's, I think. <laughs> I agree with that one. I really love that first book. That first book really, it, I don't know. I just, there wasn't it's not one of these things where because it's a book about stories and cannabis that they necessarily have to be so passionate but you can see how passion has pushed forward so many 
so many stories, so many families, so many opportunities. And I very rarely hear someone go, well, you know, I was kind of into cannabis or kind of into, and it changed my, you know, it, it just, I, I didn't really have any change in it, but I'm, I love the industry. I just don't hear that type of rhetoric anymore. Most people are saying, you know, this allows me to do something that I couldn't prior. This is allowing me to have some type of normalcy in my life or to even get up and move, go to the grocery store. Some of these huge things, I, I just, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. You see, or yeah, yeah. The one thing that I think is distinctive about this is that this isn't a write your story, turn it in, we'll publish it. This is a network. It's a family. It's a opportunity. First of all, once you are writing your story, you're stuck with me. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's, a, it's a major undertaking because you never stop pushing a book, right? And a lot of this is trial and error, you know, um, I was in an anthology before this, but what I'm creating here is really a lifelong endeavor. And we're even, um, this is a little early and some of you may know about this, some of you may not, but we're even building a, a speaker's bureau around these authors because they do tell their story with mm -hmm. so much passion. And so we want them to be able to do that better and feel even more comfortable with it. So this is like a long-term um, relationship that you get into in writing your story. And what's really exciting is taking people that were apprehensive in writing or have never really written before and to coach them and support them in telling um, some aspect of their life that that is so uh, life-changing and personal. The fact of the matter is, I don't really care what state you're in. If you are in the cannabis space and if you are kind of like, eh, well, I, you know, as Justin was saying, oh, I'm in it, yeah. Um, you won't last long. Yeah. Because it is it's a hard encompassing, right? Yes. Like I I one of the um authors in the book, I have, you know, uh J.R. Fleming went from uh being a housing act activist into the cannabis space. And when he got further and further into it, he was like, What is this? Like what you know, he's someone where this was a big part of his life before, but being in the industry, he's like, it never stops. And I hate, and I hope people don't find this offensive, but cannabis is like a toxic girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not going to swear on your show, BC. You can swear all you want, but it's all right. You can't get rid of that bitch. She won't go. She never leaves you alone, but it's all for good reasons. At least that's what she tells you. So, you know, it's one of those things that if you don't have that in you, you probably aren't going to be here long. And I look for the people that have that in them, that can't get rid of that toxic girlfriend. But we're trying to, we're rehabilitating her. So <laughs> she's not as toxic, you know, going forward. But uh, hey, Gerald, when you are like, when you have to do this type of thing, you're clearly a someone who's got a lot of story to tell, right? You're very mm -hmm. well versed at telling you do a wonderful job. Uh, but I'm wondering, I don't know, you may have a little bit of me in here. Like I would, I do great at this. I'm very comfortable doing this. But if you had to sit me down and force me to put my fingers on a keyboard and literally type out shit, we'll do swear. <laughs> Not a chance, right? Like yeah. I can turn this mic on. We're going to go four hours and 20 minutes. Dustin's like, he's like a woe is me. And I'm like, let's go. Right. Like I'm fine. Yeah, let's we'll do it. I got four hours 
hours. I got you guys here. We can chat. But to like focus the brain, you know, like, you know, really, yeah. like, I had to focus down and sit and type. That's hard. Do you like how did you find or maybe you for you, Gerald, was it easy to sit down and type? Are you someone who was more comfortable in front of people like me? Like, how was that process of trying to like edit that down? Right. You're someone who loves to tell their story. What was it like right. to try and encapsulate just a small story and edit and edit to really get to that economy of words where you're telling a powerful story without like going on and on. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely tough. Um, I actually skipped out on the first book. Um, you know, I was going through a lot of life. Uh, me and my wife, well, we have uh, three children, but we have uh, two toddlers and then we had a stillbirth. Um, and so in the time that they were doing the first book, you know, I was thinking about it, but I was, I get anxiety around writing, like you said. So I was a little apprehensive. So then on the second, I was like, I'm gonna do the second book. <laughs> um, but it took me, you know, it always, I'm a procrastinator, you know, so it took me a minute, but once I got, you know, I'm around writers, my, my stepmom was a writer, uh, self-published author, uh, lawyer as well. And so, uh, my doc, my dad, um, he's always done music. So music production, writing words. Um, so I know I have it in me, but it's a lot easier to talk, uh, in my opinion. But then once I got to high school, I had a teacher that would type my, she was the English teacher over the head of the English department. And she would literally type my papers. I would just talk um, because I just hate the editing part, you know, of like censoring my words or going back punctuations and things like that. So it definitely was tough. But once I got it in, you know, I sent it to a, a friend or two and then Dr. Bridget took it from there. So you know, grateful to be a part of the project because it helps me do that that part um, in expanding who I am as a person. Uh, that is awesome. I don't want to cut you off real quick. We're going to bring in a guest, but before we do that, uh, thank you, by the way, for everyone who's joined us so far, everyone that's listening. If you got a question for one of our guests, we are live on YouTube right now. You can put it in the comments. Uh, let us know. We'll get those questions to our guests. We'll bring it up here on screen. If you got a question for Rick, for Gerald, for Dustin, myself, uh, let us know. Uh, we didn't mention Dr. Bridget because Dr. Bridget is going to say goodbye to us. She's got lots of things to do. Someone who's super uh, busy right now. So, Dr. Bridget Williams, uh, final thoughts here on April 20th before you head out and do your thing? Um, you know, 420, first of all, we, we spoke before the show that uh, I, I always reflect on what it means this year versus yes. the year before. And if anything, uh, 420 is about freedom, right? And so um, I encourage people to find their freedom, express their freedom, um, you know, it, it goes way beyond just, you know, a plant. The plant provides something for us and everyone has their own story. But um, this day is really about the ability to have your freedom to make your own choices. So go out and do that today. And for people that are in this area, I hope I see you tonight. So there you go. See you tonight. <laughs> uh, if you're listening live, you can catch Dr. Bridget Williams at the Cleveland School of Cannabis on Saturday, April 22nd. Uh, great deals on your Ohio medical card. Uh, Dr. Bridget, we're going to say goodbye to you. And I think we're going to say goodbye to one of our other guests here in just a second. Uh, Rick, we'll give you I think you have to get going here, sir. All right. Let's give let's give Rick a close up. Give Rick some uh, parting words here. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, anything you want to say before you get going, Rick, about April 20th, what it means to you, how you like to spend it? What are you about to do? There we go. What are you? gonna do as soon as you end this uh conversation rick what are you about to go do right now <laughs> um well probably go go give my wife a hug and a kiss it's there our you. uh it's our seventh uh anniversary we decided Wait. to get married hold on a second hold on a second you got married on 420 yeah we we flew out to denver colorado and did it on uh, the side of lookout mountain with a couple friends 
and whoever the hell was there. Um, and, uh, it was, it was exceptional. Um, we both lost our parents to cancer and, um, recently, and, um, it was liberating to have a wedding that was for us and about us. Um, and yeah, that was, that was beautiful. And I, I figured <laughs> I, I won't forget it. If I forget it, there's something <laughs> wrong. It is a way to always remember. <laughs> um that is awesome that's amazing that's dedication that's to the great. calls too rick that is a that's how you know you are in you're like look bro i'm getting married on april 20th that's how dedicated i am to cannabis the, dr bridget williams talked about like once you're in it you know what do you do rick's like i am in i am in. Yeah. uh rick uh rick anstis has a great section in encouragingcannabis.com volume two uh it'll be available soon check it out encouragingcannabis.com uh you can hear rick's story a caregiver from michigan uh an event coordinator out there you know really working towards patient rights and someone uh getting married on april 20th so rick thank you very much for joining us we look forward to uh we'll get you back on the show share your story a little more when the book comes out thank you uh for joining thank you. all right take happy care. anniversary rick yeah thank exactly you. all right we're gonna keep this conversation thank going you, i got some news stories i want to talk about with our guests but as rick leaves we bring in someone else uh sarah ratliff all the way from puerto rico <laughs> We're bringing in Sarah Ratliff from Puerto Rico, and I wanted to bring Sarah in as Gerald was talking about writing. Uh, Sarah is a cannabis writer, uh, published in many, many in High Times and Vice and all these other uh, different articles. She's also a business manager. Uh, We found her through The Blunt Accountant. You can both check out that episode of The Blunt Accountant. Angela Mays was on, and then Sarah recorded an episode, but it hasn't come out yet. So we're going to have a conversation, a long-form conversation with Sarah. I'll have to get Gerald on the show as well, get a longer conversation with that so we'll have our learn a lot more about sarah in a few weeks but sarah how is puerto rico right now for april 20th is it wild down there the chickens going crazy chickens are going crazy it is definitely wild i visited my dispensary this morning they had an insane sale i got an ounce of granddaddy purple for a hundred dollars what and I'm smoking it now with my plenty, Dustin. Do you see my plenty? I love the plenty. I saw it. I saw the picture you sent me earlier too. I love that thing so much. Oh, you see, look at that thing in her hand. It looks like it looks like looks I'd crazy. go to Home Depot. Have you ever seen this thing, Gerald? The plenty. I have never seen that before. All right, in my so life. break down it, the plenty. All right, we are live here on 420, a, the Because Cannabis Holiday Special. We got Sarah Ratliff from Puerto Rico, Gerald Moore Jr., uh, an author from Courage hey, and Cannabis Volume 2. Of course, Dustin Kava and BC Wayman here at Meet WM. Uh, you can ask any question of our guests in the comments. Uh, let us know. Get the word out. We're going to be here till 420 p.m. We got another three hours of this still to go, Dustin. Tons more great guests lined up to have on the show. Uh, all right, Sarah, break down the plenty for everyone that's new to it. Uh, I'll find the website and bring it up while you're talking about it. I don't know if in Ohio we know about this as much. Oh, we know about it. <laughs> Dustin knows about it. So, um, Gerald, if you're familiar with the volcano, uh-huh. yeah, it's the same thing as the volcano. It's just considerably smaller, and it's kind of handheld. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so you turn it, you know, you turn it on here, and then you press this oh, and I like that. it's very cool when it reaches 420 <laughs> then it's time to smoke. so it has reached 420 so 
And how much can you put in it at once? Yeah, so it's just like a volcano where you are. You're putting okay. in like it's a big bag. It's a big pack size, but there are ways okay. to kind of minimize that a bit. But it's about 0.5 to all the way up to could be a gram, but 0.5 is like yeah. a good full pack. Yeah. But it, it definitely is. Like it's that. a convection vape as opposed to right. conduction. So it's throwing right. that air past it. And then you see that coil on the end. It's yeah. actually shaped in a specific way to allow the smoke to rotate around it and oh always touch God. a Here cold surface, again. cooling oh, wow. the vapor. It's one of these things where, and this is my favorite device because of this, when you're sucking on it, you don't know what you're doing. But it's the moment when you pull it off and away from your mouth that your body goes in shock and you're like, holy oh, shit, this hit can't. is right. like just absolutely <laughs> massive. And it is, it's a total different type of device. It's wow. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, Dustin, you nailed it, Dustin. I mean, the weird thing is, is that, you know, you look at it. First of all, hardly any smoke comes out. And right. so because all you're getting is the essence. You're getting the terpenes, the cannabinoids. You're getting the good stuff without getting any of the smoke. And I have asthma, so I mm-hmm. use cannabis for asthma. That's one of the reasons why I smoke. And so it helps open up my lungs, but then the smoke doesn't make me cough. But like Dustin said, it's kind of like sake, where you yeah. drink a little bit and then you stand up and you realize, holy shit, I'm right. snuck. <laughs> just, right. yeah. like, just snuck up on you. And just <laughs> all it takes is like a couple of hits and you're like, wow, was I smoking a bong? I right. mean, it, it's, it's, right. pretty, it, it's pretty intense. And especially because there's hardly any smoke. So it's like, it right. takes you by surprise. Well, and I also put it into my glass water pipe with that tip. So because of the way that rubber piece oh is, God. a 14 millimeter joint goes on there. And so right. I would vape it through water <laughs> as well, which you can eventually <laughs> fill up as big of a tube or chamber or whatever the heck oh you God. want and use it. It's... It, it's, it's are you a, into oh, yes. hey, are you into all this like high tech uh vaporization? <laughs> or are you just I'm a like I'm a simple man. I'm a pre-roll enjoying I'm, guy. My like, husband they, too, yeah. Yeah. I'm a gladiator, yeah. like I said. Yeah. Give me high, you know what I mean? Like, but that's yeah. why I love it because it does come down to the science of it. It does come down to and so like again, like I went to private school, I had friends that had all types of con- contraptions. And so <laughs> when you start getting in and you start seeing people with all these different contraptions and ways to consume, and then you try it and you're like, oh wow. You yeah. know, like rosin, like I used to be afraid to hit the rods, like any right. concentrates, you know, because exactly. again, like I was born in the hood, like it's weed, it's flour, we don't have nothing yeah. else. Like, yep. so you get, you get used to that. And so, you know, the older you get, the more mature you get, the more you're like, well, I don't want to be smelling like a black and mild. I don't want to be smelling like, you know, a blunt rat, you know, yeah. you, you find different ways. So, yeah. but I always love to hear it because I don't necessarily go out to seek it. Um, yeah. And so it's always dope to, dope to learn. I think you'll love this because you could smoke in a room with your entire family and they have, right. they'll have no idea that you're consuming right. cannabis. And that's what anyway. I need, you know? Yeah. No, it, 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 it's great. I mean, we don't really need it because we live in the country. We live on a farm, right. as as, as uh, BC and Dustin noted. Like, usually the chickens are over here kind of chiming in with the conversation. So we don't have to really worry about, like, right. know, the smell wafting into the next apartment or anything like yeah. that. I mean... Maybe I have to worry about the the chickens getting stoned, but that's about oh, it. One. There's they one. Need, they need a little bit of it. Need, <laughs> yes, especially at three in the morning when they're doing their thing. Yes, yeah, go they ahead, need to chill, chill out. out. <laughs> they need to chill out. This this would help. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my four twenty so far. And uh, you know, when I talked to you two last week, I remember. I don't know if I remember telling you this, but um, 
that is. Okay, wait. I'm not sure. No, if I the, the plenty is catching up. I think you've had plenty, Sarah. That's what we've learned right now. I think we've had plenty. Oh, we got Ebony oh R checking in from the comments, by the way. Thank you, Ebony, letting us know. Also enjoying the plenty. Oh, yeah. Everyone shout now the plenty. The plenty, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she and I had a conversation about it yesterday. I showed it to her, and um, um, she's she's actually my mentee. Um, I, I she's a she's a aspiring writer, so she's my mentee. And um, so I was saying, you know, do you consume? And we got into a whole conversation about consuming, and I said, yeah, you need this plenty because this is like, this is the bomb. I mean, really, it, it's it's nice. But um, so what I, so what I was trying to say before the plenty caught up to me was that um, I don't generally consume during the day um, because you know I'm a writer and I like to have my head as clear as possible. So I, I have consumed and written. And my editor asked me not to. So <laughs> she suggested, Kristen Chandler suggested to me that I um, that I lay off the cannabis while I'm writing. And then, you know, because otherwise it's like her, she's got a heavy editing job to do. So I don't generally consume during the day. So this is a little, um, yeah. It's a holiday. It's sports voting. Exactly. You can break the rules sometimes. Yeah, I have a question definitely. of consumption on the job for Gerald, because it's something we talk about often, and you've heard athletes, like some pro athletes and such, in your experience, just your personal experience, not, you know, yeah. how many athletes you think, like, for example, during football, which you play, do, do people yeah. consume during and before and after? Not, oh, yeah. not after, clearly, but during game time. Do you, how many, what's percentage wise do you think of athletes? Like during a game? Yeah, like during the game, like during the actual competition itself, during the uh, 60 minutes or whatever. You don't, you don't have many because okay. you don't have, you know, the, I mean, you don't have, unless you have a gummy or something. So usually what you'll have, like you'll have a guy do it before, you know, so you'll hear guys talking about it. So usually they'll do it an hour because you got to think you get to the gym probably or the field three, four hours before the game ever goes, you got warm up. So some guys like, and then you can't get away in the locker room. Everybody's in the locker room. So you're not about to sneak a vape pen or anything like that. So you might be able to do like a little edible, but usually, like, you're so high anyway, like, you're not about to do anything, you know. So it's usually before and after. What the gummies have changed. Sorry, the gummies have changed the game, man. They've changed oh, sure. it. Where you, you can do it all the time, anytime. I know, Sarah, yeah. during the day. But you can just sneak a 5 or 10 and be there. It has really flipped the script on, like, cannabis consumption and the smell and all those things. Well, that's why I appreciate the medical market, too, is because they're coming out with a lot of different ways to get the cannabis in. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you could do a tincture, you know, like that's an easy way. So that's why, um, you know, I'm for cannabis being involved in athletics. You know what I mean? Because it, it is needed. You know, it's um, it'll calm guys down. You know, guys have trauma. You know, guys have performance anxiety. Guys have you know, uh, this is something else. Like I realized I had sports induced asthma in high school. I started consuming weed and then my asthma was gone. You know, what I mean? it was like, you know, so well, we've it's, had it's, this, it's needed. We've had a conversation about at a competitive level of play. What is that baseline that you get to start at and what is performance enhancing? What does give someone an alternative edge? you know, to, to their peers. And what is your position on that at a, at a high professional level? Do you think that it's acceptable in that, in those terms that one may or may not? Is cannabis a PED, right? Yeah. I think that's the base. Is it a PED for some people because it can in, induce focus and concentration? Well, everybody has something. <laughs> I'll just tell you that, you know, there's kids on Adderall, there's kids on, 
you know, all types of, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals that could, you know, channel them. So, you know, when you talk about athletic edge, you have some people that had better households that had parents that could afford to put them in certain, you know, training. I'm a trainer. I get paid to train. I go to the suburbs. They paying me a thousand dollars. You know, I go over here. I got to take 25 or free, you know, so there's a difference, you know, when we, when we talk about competitive edge and this is why I like talking about sports because sports is still entertainment. There's, you know, people get paid a lot of money to do this over here and do that over there. So um, when it comes to performance enhancing, like, yes, it's going to help athletes be more comfortable. It's going to settle them down. Um, It's going to allow some guys to focus more. Um, But again, you have guys that understand meditation, mindfulness, visualization, you know, so the more you learn about the mind and the body, uh, you're also training every day. Some guys don't train as hard or practice as hard as others, but then they still outperform on the field. Um, So there's a lot of different components. Um, And so I think, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's a medicine, you know, and you can't allow somebody to take, you know, all types of pharmaceuticals, drug them up, you know, toward all shots, cortisone shots, you know, all types of Tylenols and ibuprofens, whatever, and then say cannabis is something that we're not going to allow because this enhances somebody's performance. Um, You know, I just think, you know, and and we have doctors to back it up, but we also have to look at the NFL and these sports leagues and what they actually control outside of the entertainment realm and why they're so afraid to allow this to come in, you know? And so we're seeing the shift, you know, obviously MLB, the NBA has made the shift. Um, but NFL in America is the most powerful sport. So, you know, we need our athletes and those those pro players to really speak up and, and take a risk, you know, because that's the thing. It is a risk. Like, I didn't start talking about cannabis until we got legalized in Ohio. You know what I mean? Because, again, my wife's a journalist. I'm a father. Like, I don't want people trying to come in and take my kids or, oh, yeah. you know, there's all types mm-hmm. of stuff. So once I was able to get my medical card, then I felt comfortable enough to actually come out and speak. Um, but you know, professionally, I'm an entrepreneur. I control my destiny when it comes to making money. My wife makes a good salary. So, um, you know, I, I just felt important to tell my story and show athletes that we have a story to tell and we need to be sharing it because, you know, these athletes are some of the most powerful influencers in the world. Um, and you know, things go off of what they do or say. Uh, and so once we realize that, like Dr. Bridget said, this is a freedom plant. We need to free a lot of people from bondage. You know, this is jobs. This is economic development. There's so many more things than just, you know, getting high, which we talk about because we love it. But, you know, the the plant is so much more vast and, and bigger than just, you know, the baseline that we're setting it for. So how far can we take our athletes? You know, how much better can our, our athletics become because of cannabis? Um, there are going to be other leagues that start up because other leagues are going to be like, well, we're going to implement this in. You're not doing it over here. Yeah. Um, we're seeing it with, you know, you know, um, you know, combat wrestling and stuff like that. So, um, you know, this, it's like, you know, the new reconstruction, right? Or reconstruction. We're starting again and who it's, it's a green rush. Who's going to get the most out of it. It is. Good. Sarah, as someone who kind of come out or started using cannabis later on in, in her life, in your life, what um do you think it is, was easier for you to kind of come out of your cannabis closet and discuss it with others? Or do you think that you still had those same anxieties that we kind of all experienced from the last 20 years of hiding and, and, and worrying about that? You know, if I had lived in, if I had lived, still been living in, 
the states when I started consuming. I started consuming Gerald at 48 years old. So like, oh wow, yeah. And um, I grew up in a family where so my brother OD'd on um, cocaine and PCP, and my parents used it as the you know it's a gateway drug, it's addictive mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And so I never consumed. And so um, I started consuming kind of late. I fractured my back when I was 18 and I had been living with just excruciating pain like pretty much every day of my life. I, did, I didn't want to get a fusion surgery. And yeah. um, so I was taking Vicodin, definitely lower quantities than, um, than is prescribed. Like I would take it when I was in extreme pain. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, my doctor says to me, hey, Puerto Rico is going to legalize. You should like get a medical card. Um, very forward thinking doctor and really pushed me to get my card and I got my card. So now kind of fast forward, here I am, I'm a 48 year old woman in, in the US, I don't think it would be very odd um, because you know I'm I'm kind of of that that hippie era a little bit a yeah. little bit younger than the hippie era so so I it wouldn't be that odd but here it's a very religious country um mm -hmm. whatever territory country and people in my age group I think that we we sort of expect to see you know millennials and gen x's and I mean gen gen y and gen z consuming but you don't really expect to see too many Gen Xers, sorry, millennials, Gen Y, Gen Z. You don't see too many. It's a lot of labels, Sarah. It's a <laughs> lot of labels, especially when you're stoned. So you don't expect to see that many Gen Xers here consuming. Right. And you know, and I'm I'm also sort of like uh, I, I'm not your average like middle aged person. Like I have right. you know and I kind of wear my identity on my sleeve, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, but I definitely get the looks like when I come out of a dispensary or when I go in a dispensary, I'm almost always the oldest person there. Mm. But this morning I saw this woman who was easily in her nineties there. And I wanted oh, to rock, yeah. give her a hug. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I wanted to give her a hug. Ohio's yeah, market is pretty old. I was gonna say I, I agree with Gerald like for where wow. you're speaking Ohio and there's a story about I think her name's Joanne or the first woman to purchase cannabis in the state of Ohio back on January 16 2019 you know she's mm -hmm. a little older for sure in Ohio you know skews the majority of patients are 40 and up and then yeah. traditionally in the United wow. States medicinal is a 40 and up marketplace in wow. recreational slash adult yeah. use is the that's 21 great. to 40 like that's where it sits oh, so uh, in even a state like Florida for example Florida is a billion dollar plus medicinal only state, right? As much as right. they fight it, they're a huge medicinal state and the average age is like 64 or something crazy in Florida for their medicinal wow. program. It's in the late 50s wow. or high yeah. 50s, well, low do. 60s. They, it does have a lot of retirees there. I mean, so that kind of makes sense. I've never really, really looked at the demographics to see whether Florida has, because it's such a, oh my God, he's so cute. Oh, we got, um, <laughs> yeah, it's my daughter Harper. Hey Hi. there, Harper. How are you? Hi, Harper. Hi. So it's not surprising to me that Florida um, has a, an older market, um, and I would love to see more, you know, middle age and and elderly in in dispensaries. When I see them, I'm like, oh my god! Especially the elderly. I'm, I'm, you know, I just I don't want to make a too big of a deal up out of it because I don't want them to feel self conscious. But on the other hand, I just want to say I'm so much happier that you're like you're you're moving toward cannabis than yeah. the you know just the 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 shopping list of pharmaceuticals that people in my age group and above are taking and it's so nice to see i mean i think that's the demographic that we really have to 
kind of concentrate on too because mm -hmm. they're only getting older you know yeah. um and so they've been you know my, my wife's grandmother you know she has the box of pills and you know these days these days and it's like you're seeing it and a lot of times we don't talk about you know our elders in that way but it's going to come a point um but here in ohio you know once you look at the data it's like well yeah most of the young people can't afford the ohio medical market they don't understand it it's not marketable they'll just go up to michigan or they got a friend so our legacy market is still booming but the people that want the you know the medical want their card want to do everything by the book i think those people are a little bit older um so and then a lot of ohio people are snowbirds they go to florida too so it's it's something oh, weird i'm not from ohio okay. so <laughs> okay well, I was going to say, if you keep having, you know, more people like Dr. Bridget, I mean, that, I mean, I think yeah. people, people like her, I mean, I, I've, I've had an opportunity to interview her. She's just, you know, she blows my mind with not only the knowledge, but also that just her down to earth way of, of mm -hmm. communicating with people. And, and she's I a human would, being. She's such a human being. <laughs> I don't being. know about that because Dr. Bridget is She is a machine. That Dr. She's Richard Williams herself. might be she's artificial intelligence. She might yeah, actually have GTP created. Yeah, she has to everywhere all the yeah. damn time. And I've five doctors in in our state as I've been a patient in it. And Dr. Oh, we lost Dustin for a second. Oh no. But we'll you, come but, back but in a second. And, but you heard the, the rooster in, in his yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> right if you're listening cue. to the audio, we'll get Dustin back in a second. He probably still thinks he's talking. If you think you're hearing chickens or roosters in the background, you are correct. You're not crazy. You're not super high. Not you are actually hearing that. Dustin, you're on an impassioned rant about Dr. Bridget Williams. Uh, you know, go. What I was saying was, you know, as me exploring being a patient in the state for the last couple of years, it's been really hard to speak to a doctor and have Are you in Ohio? I am in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, so we are all still in this pain right now. Like, oh, yeah. I, and plus, I'm not allowed to smoke it. I have to vape it. I have I have to buy it in tents. Wow. The tents are the same price as what it's about. It's about 300 percent higher cost in the state of Ohio than if I was to go across the border to Michigan. Mm. Um, and then again, like the amount of things that are available in terms of to get the card for conditions, all of that has been an extremely difficult thing to navigate as a patient and out of the five doctors that i have had over the last three years dr bridget is the first one to actually think of it in a holistic manner ask me about my other wellness routines ask me about yeah. you know just incline a little bit more to see right. where there could be some more benefit and to mm -hmm. me I, again, it's been three years. And so when I heard that first sentence come out of her mouth, it was like, you are different. Your whole practice yeah. is based yeah. on something different. The way you operate, the way you speak, the why is a whole different thing with her. And so, yeah, shout yeah. out to Dr. Bridget. She's what a doctor is supposed to be. You know, yeah. we've, yeah. You know we've lost yeah. track of that. Um, and with my degree being in, in healthcare administration, like I was literally studying the practice of building practice, building hospitals and systems. And so, and then having team doctors in sports, like, you know, I'm an 18 year old kid and they like, well, you want to take this toward all shot? It'll numb, but I don't know the after effects of that. I don't know the long-term effects. Um, so for me, I started, I had to start thinking about that very early because it's like, what am I going to do? What am I subscribing to? You know, um, and so when it came to finding my cannabis doctor, I had a couple other ones and then I found Dr. Bridget and I was like, well, she's a black female from Cleveland Clinic, which is one of the best hospitals in the state. And so mm -hmm. for her to be willing to risk her license in a state like Ohio 
um, to do cannabis and to come out because I understand it's been a conservative state. Um, I understand how our older, you know, African-American black women are in terms of cannabis. I was like, I'm going all in with her. You know what I mean? So she's been my doctor for the past two cycles. Um, and then we've just built a bond and a friendship because at the end of the day, she's a caregiver. She's, yeah. you know, it's more about the person. It's more about the whole being, not just let me give you these pills. I'm gonna get my check and I'm out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, it does happen sometimes. Uh, you're listening yeah. to the Because Cannabis Holiday Special here from Wayward Media, live from noon till 420 Eastern Standard Time here, April 20th. Uh, make sure if you listen on YouTube, hit that subscription button. We would definitely appreciate it. This show will be available as it is every Thursday on audio on Spotify uh, or anywhere that you listen to audio podcasts. Give us a follow there. Follow us socially at MeetWM. We got a couple of great guests on here right now. Sarah Ratliff. Sarah ratliff.com gerald moore jr you can find his story that he's sharing in courage and cannabis volume two available soon courageandcannabis.com you can check out those links in the comments if you are listening let us know let us know if you have questions for our guests we got another guest that we're about to bring on in just a few moments uh but i know sarah we talked with you during our episode which hasn't aired yet we'll get that soon and gerald you mentioned it when you first came on something that's important to both of you uh is social equity and so in getting mm -hmm. more ownership and gerald you talked about you know supporting someone supporting a black female both of which are both gender and race uh underrepresented both mm -hmm. in physicians and definitely in cannabis uh you know sarah you've done a tremendous amount of work like you spent a lot of time researching in uh talking uh, you know to people about that so let's have that conversation um for a little bit you know just uh we talked about and dr bridget before she left talked about change from previous 420. So I'm curious for both of you, we'll start with Sarah, then we'll go to Gerald. Uh, how have you seen maybe over the last three, four years, and then go back longer, whatever your experiences are, in that change, whether in acceptance, in social equity, in ownership, like what has the journey been like the last few years for you, uh, Sarah, and then we'll get with uh, Gerald, then we'll bring our guest in in just a few minutes. So um, I have some feelings about seeing the industry changing over the last several years. And, and I have some, you know, Dr. Bridget kind of called it a toxic girlfriend. And I kind of, I kind of get that for, but for a different, but I don't know if it's for the same reason, but here I think she was describing cannabis, but I'm going to describe the industry. Um, on the one hand, I love the fact that people are able to sell cannabis legally. People are able to buy it legally. Um, I love that. Um, I also, what I don't love is the, the fact that I don't really believe that um, any government has the right to legislate a plant. And so I do have an issue with that. Like I, and, and so when we were talking last week, one of the things I didn't mention, which I wish I could have remembered at the time, which was, um, you know, Dustin, you had asked me about the legacy market. And one of the things that I didn't, that I neglected to say was, is that, is that I, I, I love the fact that cannabis is legal. I love the fact that we can buy it. There's still tens of thousands of people who are still incarcerated over it. And, you know, I, I don't know if any, I don't know if all of them will ever get out. I mean, it's that, it, so that's concerning. Um, and the whole legislation around the plant, like I, I love the legislation in the sense that I love that my cannabis is lab tested that it's that I know that it doesn't have pesticides. It's big. It's important to me because I'm a, also a sustainable agriculture. I'm a farmer. So that's that's also important to me. But the whole legislation to the point where we even have to decide who can get into the market, whether it's MSOs or whether it's people, you know, who have been marginalized by the plant. 
you know, for the, for the minimum of 50 years, but really probably going back even further. And so, you know, to see that that um, veterans have a hard time getting cannabis and, and they deserve to have, you know, that after all of the, the trauma they've been through, any trauma victim, I think, you know, should, should have access. And also because um, people are marginalized and have been oppressed by the system, Honestly, I think those are the people who should have gotten licenses first. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and definitely on a very sliding scale. Like, I mean, some of these licenses cost a lot of money. We watched, um, I can't think of her last name, but Precious <coughs> lose her, her dispensary in, in New Jersey. Um, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that MSOs are really just horrible, evil entities. But when you're getting into this business just for the business aspect of it and not uh, taking care to understand the people that have been harmed by the drug, particularly black and black and brown, um, then for me that that's the part of the industry that I don't really love. That 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 um, that MSOs can get in for you know because they have just a lot of investor money because investors invest with who they know. They they flock together and so they don't invest in black and brown. And so not only are black and brown kind of shut out because they can't get to the to the licensing fee, but then the whole thing that comes afterward. And so yeah, I mean social equity is a way should, certainly of addressing that. But only when it, it actually walks the talk. Um, yeah. You've got states that had to sue in order to get their their dispensaries and their cultivations going, even though they came in under the, the deadline. So social equity in some cases ends up being um, a a buzzword, and it yes. shouldn't be that. It should really Absolutely. be where you know, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to say a third go to MSOs, half go to social equity, and then I don't know what, what the formulation should be, but it certainly shouldn't be what it is where MSOs dominate. And and then really, really walk the talk and say, okay, we're going to actually not only give you the provisional, but we're going to we're going to waive that fee and then we're going to um, give, you, give you your dispensary. And on top of that, I, I don't know how many states are doing this, but as far as like actually investing in the school system in that neighborhood, where they've been impacted by the war on drugs. I don't know how much of that is really yeah, happening. I really don't think very much at all. And that's my biggest problem in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not as like, you know, in places like in California, I'm, I'm sure Beverly Hills doesn't need any social equity money, but Compton does. And, you know, so th those, those are of concern to me. And I'd like to, whenever I write an article about social equity, I try to remember both the harm that's been done by the war on drugs, and I can, and I also think about the harm that continues to be done in those same neighborhoods by jacked up policies that are that promise social equity but really don't deliver. Um, there are a few states that are doing very well, but for the most part, I don't believe that it's happening. I know I kind of rambled. Sorry. That's all right. No, it's a great. I'm going to have uh, Gerald as you start talking. I'm going to bring uh, our next guest in. I want to get from Gerald and our next guest as well, another Courage and Cannabis author, uh, Natasha Andrews, uh, joining us. Natasha Andrews Esquire joining the show. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I think we got some connections. She's out and about there. Can you hear us, Natasha? Uh oh, you're muted. Sorry. Sorry about that. I can oh, absolutely good. hear you. Oh, Thank there you, you are. So hey there. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. 
Natasha Andrews Esquire, another amazing author from Courage and Cannabis, uh, Volume 2, coming soon, courageandcannabis.com. Uh, uh, we're just talking. Uh, Natasha, thank you for joining us. They're in a, an important subject that both uh, Gerald and Sarah have hit on. We're talking about kind of social equity in this industry and the change uh, that 420 has seen um, over the last few years. Uh, so we'll get to Gerald. and so hard for Gerald to get second. We're going to get to Natasha, and then we'll get to Gerald. Yeah. I want to hear from both of you, though, kind of over the last few years, Natasha, uh, Andrews Esquire, uh, Courage and Cannabis Volume 2. How have you seen that change and evolve uh, in the industry, especially when it comes to maybe ownership or your personal journey and experience in there? And as part of that, I should say, a terrible, before we even get there, give a quick introduction, Natasha, who you are, uh, where you're from, where we could learn more about you. Terrible introduction on my part. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Um, I am Natasha Andrews. I'm an attorney, and I'm also the director and founder of the National Association for Black Cannabis Law. I happen to be in our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., and today's been a really good day of lobbying. Um, I've had the opportunity to lobby with some amazing organizations, sensible drug policy, uh, last prisoners project. Sorry, going into a tunnel here. Hopefully you can still hear me. We are an advocacy group, a, a think tank, and essentially we are attorneys from across the country as well as advocates and law students looking to make sure that the rollout of legalization continues to keep its eye on being equitable, inclusive, and most importantly, reparative in nature. Um, I know that some of the conversation today was about the war on drugs itself, so, sort of the detriment that prohibition has caused to communities across the country. And as Americans, we should all be concerned when the rights of any Americans are sort of suppressed, especially in an unfair manner. So with that said, it's extremely important to keep the conversation going. Um, to address your first question, which is how have I seen a change? I know that personally, the fact that this conversation is even happening, the fact that 420 week or 420 day is something that more and more people know about and recognize. And that includes not only people who are proximal to the plant and who are involved in the culture, but even, you know, people who are not. It's beginning to resonate. And I think that's extremely important. Probably the most important part is having conversations because that's how we learn. Um, and I think that's what the book is about, right, is understanding people's stories. Because for a lot of folks, they're still getting over the stigma and the taboo of cannabis. And as a result, they need to understand what it is, especially if it's not in their life, it's not in their culture, it's not in their world. They need to hear the powerful stories of why it is in certain people, whether that's medicinal or recreational. And I love what Sarah was saying earlier about the responsibility to sort of not treat social equity, not treat those things as something superficial, not treat them as if they are a charitable cause, because they absolutely are not charitable. I put it this way, when someone has prepaid for something, right, if I pay in advance for something and then I go to pick it up, you can't act as if you're doing me a favor. Yes. And those that were harmed by the war on drugs have prepaid. And so they yeah. shouldn't have to beg. They shouldn't have to ask. And they certainly shouldn't be treated as if they are being given anything. They've yes. given their families have given it. Um, it's generationally, it has already been given. The conversation needs to be about how do we repair, not how do we dole out favors, because that's not what this is about. Love it. 
Yeah, right. It's like super. I don't know what to say now. It's like so. I just want to sit there and listen to Natasha. She's driving through DC, <laughs> like out there doing her thing uh, and whatnot. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so let's talk about. We've just kind of Natasha. Just want to talk a little bit about the story that you are putting out there into Courage and Cannabis at CourageandCannabis.com. Courage and Cannabis Volume Two. Sarah, control your chickens and roosters. Jeez Louise, <laughs> got that going on. We got important conversations that are happening. You got roosters in the background. Um, Love so it. You decided to share a story. Tell us a little bit about what you have put into the book, CourageAndCannabis.com, Volume 2, uh, and kind of why you decided to share this particular story. Absolutely. Um, I think what I really wanted to share, what I want to get out of sharing is that connectivity, right? I come to the cannabis world as a skeptic, to be honest with you. This is not something that I participated in or culturally engaged in, right? For the majority of my life, I had very little, if anything, at all to do with cannabis. I really mostly huh. saw it within my um, legal practice, personally. However, because of these types of conversations, because of people's stories, because of the compelling nature of what brings people to cannabis, I found myself in a very unique position. Um, I practice as an immigration attorney. I've been an attorney for well over 25 years now. And I saw a lot of people being removed from the country, right? Uh, a lot of family separation. And sometimes that was a result of nonviolent cannabis related uh, convictions. And at the same time, I'm watching as the country is opening up, as opportunities are there and being created, as medical care is being given, but it's not being given, it's not being distributed equally. It's not being distributed across the board. And that it immediately resonated with me as just unfair, right? Mm -hmm. Unjust. Uh, we should all have access to the same type of medical care. We should all have access to the same opportunities. And this was a prime example of that not happening. So yeah. I made it my business to find out more about what this whole cannabis conversation was about. Um, and, and in Encouraging Cannabis, I do share that journey from being a conservative skeptic to a, a staunch advocate. Um, I firmly believe not only in the right of adults to make adult choices you know if i come home from work and i choose to have a glass of chardonnay no one's policing that um, yeah. i not only believe in that i firmly believe in the fact that if i live in uh washington state and i have epilepsy and i can get medical care someone in north carolina should not be denied the same so that's really what propelled me into this space and since being here i have met some of the most open and some of the most willing to share people. I think the people in this industry fight very hard for what they believe in and have phenomenal stories to tell. And it's an opportunity to demonstrate how we can do things better in this nation, how we can be more inclusive, how we can be more equitable and how we can face the difficult truths of our history and deal with them head on rather than sort of pretend they don't happen rather than book burn and ban certain types of education we can really address look these are some things that are inequitable in the country and it's okay right let's deal with it and let's let's figure out how to grow from there let's not just sweep it under the rug and say you know if i plug my ears it never happens 
I uh, do they listen to you when you talk to Natasha? Because I'm ready to run through a wall for you right now. Like I feel like if you get in a room, like I feel, I just feel it. Like this is so. If you're listening on audio, if you're listening on Spotify or wherever you followed us, uh, you can't see the video of Natasha Andrews. She's riding shotgun in a car. I'm gonna go with. I think you're holding the phone, not driving. She's got a driver going there. She's holding the phone out. She's riding shotgun. She's driving around, rallying, right? And in all seriousness, when she shows up, you know there's someone driving dressed as a giant blonde like no matter how serious you take it wherever you go there's always that dude who rocks it but she's also like you just passion oozes yeah. from you when you talk do you when you have these conversations with people like yourself and i mean people who used to be against it or used to be like eh, i'm not feeling it and haven't had that kind of conversion and passion are they resonating with you do you feel like you're yelling at a brick wall what is it like to be at these places and and really just talk so eloquently and passionately is it are you getting the reception because you are here but or is it hard is it feel like you're just screaming and no one's listening i'm you know if i'm being honest i have to say that you know when you're on the right path when you feel it in every pore of your body and although I never saw this path for myself, I wouldn't in a million years, five years ago, if you had asked me if I would be in this space, I would have said, absolutely not. Um, but I feel like I'm in the right space because when I do talk to people, especially as you pointed out, people like me, people who are skeptical because they don't have experience and they have a whole lot of uh, misinformation, I feel that it may not convert them, but they listen. Um, I, I feel that because as I founded this organization, I've had to pull from pools of people who are skeptical, right? Um, lawyers can be a hard bunch, um, but I've been able to surround myself with people who were open-minded enough to listen. And once they heard the charge, once they heard the cause, and once they heard why I am doing what I'm doing, it at least made them pause and say, okay, I can see that. Um, and that's, that's all I really want. I'm not here to say that it's a panacea. I'm not here to say that it is for everyone because I know that it's not. I'm here to say, listen to why it's important to certain people. Because at the end of the day, we are, all of us who wake up in the morning and don't need cannabis are very fortunate. We need to recognize that because we don't know when we're gonna wake up in the morning and we're gonna get a diagnosis from a doctor. And we're suddenly gonna find ourselves in a position where we say, huh, Maybe I should have listened a little more, more carefully. Maybe this was important when I heard the cries and the pleas of somebody else, because it doesn't become important when it's relevant to your world. It was always important. You just didn't know. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Just dropping the mic. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, before you have to go, I was curious if, you know, just any last thoughts that you'd like to kind of instill the audience as yeah just for the yeah. holiday for anything yeah i mean it's it's hard to follow up you know two women like that you know what i mean so i i'm, I'm a smart man and i usually don't put myself in that situation but no i think you know all that they said hits you know hits the nail right on the head you know in order for us to have a better country a better world and live the way that we're supposed to you know as one we have to be open to other people's um freedoms and you know equity you know at the end of the day it's not about taking all you know at the end of the day it's about equity it's about people having equitable health care equitable access to opportunities education you know healthy communities um and cannabis can provide that you know uh, when you look at the stigmas that's been put on cannabis and you realize well black men have been using cannabis for their mental health 
their well-being that you know they're providing clothes and food and roof over the head but then you're like well now we got to provide all these gov government subsidies to black moms because they got to take care of babies and it's like you've destroyed an entire community off the back of this drug most drug offenses are non-violent you know you could be driving around smelling like weed at 17 18 in a community where you don't have any support and they could throw the book at you you know we're not seeing what's going on in the political realm my mom was a lawyer so i understood that oh i could get away with certain things because my mom's going to come get me you know what i mean like i have my i have the money but you know i have family members that don't have that same opportunity and so for me like having that privilege and then sitting there and not doing anything not saying anything not using my platforms when i know there's thousands you know of young black men like me that want to do great things in america in this world but if you go into a, if you fail a drug test that's your opportunity if you get locked up and you fail another drug test that's another opportunity i've had a brother that's been locked up for 10 years and he's not a bad person but if you get locked up at 10 years They've taken a lot of your youth and you're you're institutionalized now. You know, you just keep going back to the same thing. And we're not being taken away from the hood. I was removed where I got to see other things. I got to travel. And so we, you know, we're we're trying to fix solutions in America with outdated laws, policies, and with ignorance. Um, and then, you know, you're blaming the same people. You can't blame these young kids for being violent and wanting to steal things when they don't have any money. They don't have parents at home. They don't have a safe environment. So then they're seeing it on TV. They want to be music stars. They want to be rappers because that's what they see. But they don't understand the repercussions of that. They don't understand, you know, I'm smoking weed because I got PTSD, because, you know, I got ADHD, you know. So there's so many different issues that we have to hit this from. And it's not just, you know, but that policy is so important, right? Um, the federal level, you have some, I have friends that are like, I'm not going to consume until it's federally legal. And I'm like, but you, I'll sit there and watch you chug a whole bottle of wine, you know? And it's for me, understanding that there's human beings that can listen to stories and still, you know, be blatantly ignorant baffles me. Um, but we have to do better. I don't do well with the marketing ploys of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because I know I look at the executive level and I see where the funds go. I'm looking at venture capital. Where's the money going? And if I don't see anybody that looks like me, yes. what what's the conversation even about? You know, don't bring me in to say, well, you're our one guy. I've been the one guy. Like <laughs> I went to a private school that was $16,000 a year to go to. You know, and so being an athlete, I'm there because I'm providing a service to them. Oh, I go on to be successful. Oh, look at our look at our one black athlete. And we had a few. But and so then I go back to my community. It's run down. We still smoking blunts. Nobody's in the industry. Nobody can own a cultivator. And so it's like I have to educate my entire community based off of what I've been given and still not enough. And we're just now talking about social equity. We're just now talking about diversity, equity, inclusion. My granddad should be an owner, but he's in the grave, you know? So it's one of those things like I'm very passionate because I understand how powerful Ohio is as a state politically. And if you look at what's going on in Ohio right now, you know, it's not looking good, but everybody seems to be asleep, you know? <laughs> and so when you have, you know, the speaker of the house stealing money, you know, bribery schemes, like, come on, what are we really talking about? We, we still gonna lock people up, but we got billions of dollars in a rainy day fund and people can't afford groceries. People can't afford basic necessities, let alone cannabis. So, you know, I get passionate about it because that's 
I mean, that's that's where I live, you know. Um, are you so hopeful I, for the future? Do you feel always like hopeful, you know, I mean, I mean are you I hopeful? Have, are you feeling like we're trending, though, like you feel like in the next two, um, three years there will be to, to anyone here. Do you feel like in the next couple of years we got some guests we're going to bring in here in just a second? Uh, I think we'll get Natasha back as well. Uh, we got another great guest about to join us. Do you feel like we're trending in the right direction? I feel like we have no choice. Oh, trend in the right direction at this point, um, because things are going to get scary. You know, I, it takes people a little bit of time to catch on to what's going on. But if you pay attention to politics, you're paying attention to economics, health care, um, you know, just our system. We need other forms of income. We need other forms of economics. And so, you know, we need better health care. Cannabis is a great solution to health care to help a lot of people. Um and so I think we don't have a choice but to trend in that direction. But I think it's up to the citizens and the people um, to stop hiding behind their privilege of titles. And, you know, we got to shake things up. You know, you can't be afraid mm -hmm. to shake things up. Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it off. Uh, Gerald Mar Jr., uh, an author, Encouraging Cannabis, Volume 2. Volume 2, it's going to be out soon. we got some links <laughs> in the comments. You can also head to CourageingCannabis.com. Anywhere else? I know you have a couple other things. You talked about some other organizations, Gerald, uh, more. Anywhere yeah. else that they can find you? Some other sites we can toss in the comments? Yeah, so I'm the president of a 501c3 nonprofit, Green Environmental Outreach. We focus on environmental justice and social justice. You can find us www.geononprofit.org. Um, we have all our stuff there. Um, we're also on social media at GEO Nonprofit. You can follow me personally on Instagram, Gmore Jr. 89. I also run a platform called Ohio Cannabis Report. Uh, where we talk about different issues. Uh, we try to provide as much media uh, to the people and patient stories. Uh, and then I have Athletes and Cannabis on Instagram as well. You, that's Athletes, A-N-D, Cannabis. And so we do stories from athletes and uh, just try to inform you know other athletes uh, about the power of their stories and things of that nature. Uh, thank you so much, Gerald, for sharing. Definitely need to get some uh, solo time with you. Say goodbye to Harper as well. She clearly yeah, yeah. Thanks uh, for having uh, me wants your attention. Thank you for joining us. Check out Gerald Moore's section, EncouragingCannabis.com, uh, Encouraging Cannabis Volume 2. Thank you, Gerald, uh, for joining us. Is Gerald Lees, thank you very much. Is Gerald Lees, we're going to bring another guest in, and then we'll continue our conversation. Right now, if you listen to audio, we got Sarah Ratliff from SarahRatliff.com, Natasha Andrews Esquire, um, an author from Encouraging Cannabis Volume 2. Uh, on there and let's bring in weed mom the weed mom herself uh danielle simone brand another author in there an author not just encouraging cannabis.com but an author of an actual book i'm sure you have a copy hold it up in front of the camera danielle okay, it's right there <laughs> come on of course you do like come on don't come unprepared everyone knows if you're gonna come on there hold the book up i wrote a book it would be nothing but that book behind me literally i'd have a shirt on with that book i'd have a hat on with that book i'd have a wallpaper weed mom which is available right now on amazon.com and other places uh danielle simone brand but you've also put a section encouraging cannabis volume two as well thank you for joining us on 420 april 20th let's get it out of the way here we got sarah hanging out in puerto rico smoking her plenty with the chickens da uh, natasha is out on the streets in dc like making her voice heard how does the weed mom spend april 20th uh danielle <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, <clears throat> I'm popping into some of these live events and having some conversations with the community, which I love. And, um, and I'm actually going down to a CBD store that's local to where I live. I don't talk about where I live very much because I live in a pro-hip state. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> 
but um, there there is CBD here, and you know we have we have legal access if we have to, if we drive a bit. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna have just a fun block party t- uh, this afternoon and evening from 4:20 to 8 p.m. at the Honey Pot CBD in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so you are an author. You put your thoughts out. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book. There has been some like I just saw when you've just if you just Google weed mom in general, there's the buzzword like weed mom, like wine mom became very popular a few years ago. And then it's is weed mom, the new wine mom. Um, talk a little bit about the concept of taking just that idea because it's very taboo. I know we've talked about this a lot on our show. A lot of our guests are parents. I'm a parent. It's weird to be able to navigate this world. I'm got a giant cannabis t-shirt on now that I would absolutely hide if I had to go pick up my kids, even though everyone knows what I do. It's really weird, right? They know it, but we can't talk about it, right? So it's all shush. And here you are, you know, full out of your cannabis closet being like, let's celebrate parenting. Let's celebrate the ability to relax as a mother and enjoy it. Uh, just talk a little bit about the, in the, you know, the ideas, the creation behind weed mom and kind of what it's been like since putting out this topic or this like term that we now can associate with the ladies kicking back with a little cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many great questions in there. The, the fact that, is that, I know. you know, <laughs> that the wine mom, you know, meme and cultural phenomenon is so prevalent and it's, I, we also know that alcohol is pretty toxic, you know, to our organ systems. Um, lots of women that I interviewed for the book told me that basically they were, they were leaning on alcohol to feel like they, you know, they could get through the day as a parent. And yet they felt that it was detracting from their health, their well-being, and even their relationship with their kids. Um, of course, there's also, you know, lots of moms who are, who are using cannabis medically who truly need it and depend on it as medicine every day. There's lots of moms who are using it, you know, for, for wellness purposes, to sleep better, to have less pain, to just, you know, parent with a, with a, their best attitude. Because, you know, it's not always easy to do that, right? <laughs> you know, we go through the day and, and there's a lot to do and a lot of needs and it can get pretty tiring um, as any parent. But, you know, especially if you're the primary caregiver, which often yeah. tends to be moms, it can be all, you know, all genders. But, um, you know, my audience really is interested in this, like, you know, this wellness oriented usage and also the the destigmatization, just the changing culture around it. And how do we talk about this now? How do we talk to our kids and our, you know, older people in our lives and our yeah. friends and, you know, maybe our, our coworkers one day or, you know, <clears throat> our, our other parents at pickup. So, you know, it's just this this process we're in a gradual um, you know, destigmatization and acceptance process. And yet there's so much more work to do. And like our, you know, the previous guests talked about, there are still people in prison for cannabis and that's not right. So as I advocate for confident use and I advocate for wellness use and, you know, celebrating that aspect of it, also we cannot forget that there's a lot of work to do to bring equity, to equalize access, um, and to make this, you know, this, to help this, this plant become for our society what I know it can be, right? What I know it can be is a healer, um, a connector, um, something that gives our communities more, um, you know, more resources, more wealth. Like all of these things are important to me. And, you know, so celebrate and we've got a lot to do still. <laughs> guys got all quiet. Ah, <laughs> Yeah, I, um, 
my orientation. I just, you know, I, I am all about advocating for the moms and, and, you know, helping moms feel confident in their decisions because there's a lot of, you know, as we know, misinformation and stigma and just, you know, folks who don't understand yet. Uh, oh, I just, I, I know that Natasha's got a pretty busy schedule today. So I just wanted to give her a chance to kind of let everybody know what's the best way to find her um, and, and kind of communicate and see what she's up to. Yeah, she's actually, look at Natasha. We're all sitting here talking and she's like over here walking the streets in DC, like making the message uh, heard. Yeah, tell us a little bit. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, we got your site on there where they can find you with the book, but tell us where else they can find out about some of the great organizations that you're running um, and some of the places that you'll be in. Absolutely. Um, I'm currently in DC and I mentioned the lobby day, which was this morning. We've been talking to our congressmen and our senators all morning. Uh, congresswomen and, and men as well. Um, but we also are part of the National Cannabis Festival, which is happening this weekend. And so if you happen to be in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, please do look up National Cannabis Festival for all the events going on this weekend. I'm actually headed into a coffee house for a coffee house social that we are hosting. It's sponsored by NCF, and that event will take place at 420. We have a panel that will take place to discuss ancillary opportunities within the cannabis industry, and that's open to everyone. So please do come through at the Mark at uh, Manhattan Laundry. But if you're not there, definitely check us out. Our website is www.info at nabcl.com. You can find us on Instagram at nabcl underscore LLC. And if you go to either of those two places, it'll direct you to all of the rest of the social media. We welcome attorneys from all practice areas, advocates, no matter what you do, absolutely law students reach out to us. And we are here to get an impact. We met with some incredible senators today who were just supportive. And even those that weren't got to hear how we felt about the plan. Hopefully that will influence change. And I want to say to Hannah mom, I feel you. I am the mom of five. And because I was so conservative, this radical change has been a big adjustment <laughs> for my family, um, a big adjustment in terms of how I parent and what I say, because my biggest mm -hmm. concern is not wanting my kids to think that I've suddenly become this different person because of this plant. Um, I think mm -hmm. I've always been this person who is passionate about justice and what has changed is my perspective, which is why it's so important to hear study, uh, different stories because it changes our perspective. And I'm, I feel so honored to be in this book with such incredible and powerful speakers and writers, authors mm -hmm. and professionals and, and those in the, in the cannabis space. I feel very, very honored to be here and grateful to be on this platform with you all. Thank you. Thank yeah, you we so appreciate much. you stopping by today. Uh, thank you for what you have done, Natasha Andrews. Thank you for spreading that word. Uh, obviously, just contributing a portion of Courage and Cannabis, but getting out there, like hitting the streets and being that person who is providing that voice and then bringing uh, advancement, right? Bringing advancement uh, for a lot of different people. So we really appreciate that. And for stopping by the show uh, and giving us a few moments of your time, you can check out all the things. We'll put links to everywhere that Natasha talks about in the comments as well uh, and such. And then check out Courage and Cannabis Volume 2 when it comes out. Good luck out there, Natasha. Keep keep up fighting the good fight. Thank you. 
right. Excellent. Thank you. As, you guys have a great right. one. Happy 420. Thank, happy 420, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> How does the weed mom spend 420? Like, what is it all day just going to places? Do you get a moment to actually relax, Danielle, on 420 and smoke cannabis? Like, how does the weed mom get to do 420? I feel like you're in such demand on 420 that it's not enjoyable anymore. <laughs> well, you know, I'm still a mom. I still have to get groceries today. So. Yeah, I actually, yeah, yeah. I did that before we went live today. I had to go to the grocery store and get some stuff. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I am I am back and forth quite a lot today. Um, but fortunately, my partner works from home too and is able to like kind of provide some of that support today because yeah, it's a busy one, right? <laughs> we have a lot of things to say. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's such an interesting moment, I think, in our industry. And some of your, you know, previous conversations are alluding to this. It's like, there's, there's been so much progress and we have so much more access and attitudes are absolutely changing. And, you know, there have been people absolutely freed from, you know, fr from prison already. Um, but it's not as much as we need. And, yeah. you know, and, and we're still in this place where, um, you know, it's it's an uncomfortable, I think, relationship between the industry, um, even the plant and society. And it's like, well, you know, we're in this growing phase, I think, and it's going to take a little while to get to that next step where, you know, it's really integrated. And that's what I want to see. I want to see I want to see cannabis integrated into our healthcare system. I want to see it integrated into our you know, curricula and conversations and, you know, and, and normalized in a way that 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 acknowledges that this is literally a plant. <laughs> this comes from the just ground. Just a plant, people. That's all it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I grow I grow a lot of things here um, with my family. We grow fruits and vegetables um, and herbs. We don't we don't grow cannabis um, because of where we live. But you know, I love that plant medicine conversation with kids to talk about like we can use our mint medicinally. We can use our, you know, our basil and our lav our basil and lavender medicinally. There's a lot of things that, you know, come from the ground that are really useful to human beings. And cannabis is another one of those. Somehow we've said these are okay. <laughs> and this class, not okay. No, don't touch those. Yeah. How do you balance? Because you're quite busy being a mom and an entrepreneur and an author. How do you ban balance a lot of that? You know, especially like today, today is a holiday and there would no, none, the rest of your life doesn't stop for the holiday. Um, I also have a secondary question to that, which is about just my own children and, and how, and having those conversations with the family about cannabis. Um, are there any like, not necessarily inspirational things you would like to say, but is there any advice you'd like to give to a parent who's thinking about starting that conversation with, with their 10 year old or their 12 year old? Yeah. Um, well, I have a, a chapter in the book on it actually, because I think it's such an important conversation. You know, there's age differences, you know, in terms of the appropriateness of different topics of conversation, but I think really early you can start, um, you know, cannabis is an interesting lens through which you can talk about a lot of different things with kids. And I'm a big fan of talking about the world and giving my kids a broad perspective. So I want them to understand social justice issues and Cannabis is a great way to do that. Talk about, you know, the disparities in terms of how the drug war was carried out and how, you know, that continues today. Um, you know, I want to teach my kids about natural health and healing, right? And, and uh, you know, relying on our own intuition and wisdom for our bodies 
in you know in times that, that that that's appropriate and i think cannabis again it's this great lens and window to get into these conversations i think you know the the, the broad strokes are of, of the conversation are it's a plant <laughs> it, these are its uses these are its many you know potential benefits and uses this is what I, how it helps me you know being specific about like you know for instance i use cannabis for migraines i use cannabis for sleep I use cannabis to relax and let go of, you know, my work day so I can transition into home life, um, you know, and then other cannabinoids come in at various points, like all throughout my day. So, you know, it's really supportive for me and my kids know that. I think the other, the other piece of it is modeling, you know, the use that you want them to see, like modeling responsible use, right, in a way, whatever that means for you. Because everyone's different, everyone's you know intake needs are different. But can we function and you know interact well with our kids? Like that's the main bar. Is like just is cannabis helping us be better? And for me, it absolutely is. So you asked a different question about balance, and you know cannabis helps me balance it all. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, um, you know the, I, certain products for for bringing me up, certain products for helping me chill the f out, and everything in between. <laughs> Uh, everything in between. Uh, speaking of that, we're going to bring in another guest right now. We have currently Sarah Ratliff. Sarah Ratliff checking in from Puerto Rico. Uh, I haven't heard from you in a bit, Sarah. You okay there? You hanging in there? Just enjoying the conversation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Enjoying the conversation. Really? Sarah Ratliff, uh, she is a writer. She's been published in multiple cannabis-centric magazines as well as an online business manager. Helping you out, you can check her out, sarahratliff.com. Uh, speaking with uh, Danielle Simone Brand from Weed, uh, The Weed Mom. You can buy that book. The link is in right now, amazon.com and other places. Uh Danielle, along with our newest guest on the show, Candy Flores. Did I say that last name right? Yes, you did. All right. Candy uh, Flores is another author from the Courage and Cannabis uh, Volume 2 collection. You can find it right now at CourageandCannabis.com. And I wanted to bring you in, Candy, because we're talking a lot about using cannabis as a medicinal aspect. And I think it's a really great transition. I mean, your story is struggling with an illness not figuring out, and I'm doing a terrible job of, you know, telling it, you know, quickly, but struggling, not anyone finding a cure, cannabis uh, discovery, life altering. I mean, that's really the bullet points of it. So fill us in a little bit, Candy, give us a little bit of bio who you are, and then we'll uh, keep this conversation about cannabis as a therapeutic effect going on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm from Texas, and I was transitionally saved by cannabis. Uh, back in 2017. Um, uh, tell us author. a little bit about that. I'm an author in book one and a spark in book two. Uh, so I was on a morphine pump. And of course, after five years having to go off of it cold turkey uh, due to some medical complications, uh, I was basically told there was nothing they could do for me anymore. Keep uh, My family was told to keep me comfortable. From not knowing anything in cannabis, I started and it helped me and I'm using it medicinally now. I feel like there's a lot that's missing in that one little section. So you have yeah. it here, you, you, you're you off the morphine pump, right? And you're trying to, or you, you have it as some issues with it. You're trying to find a way to get better. When does the cannabis, like, how does it even get introduced? I feel like being from Texas, it's a conservatively anti-cannabis state for the most part. They do have a medicinal program, but it's not exactly who you think of on the cannabis forefront when it comes to being very popular uh, usage. So how does that 
get introduced to you and were you reluctant? Like what was your experience with cannabis kind of prior to this change in 2017? So definitely didn't know anything about cannabis. Um, I do have grown kids. So back, you know, you know, when they're in high school and they try, you know, smoking, I would smell it and I would, I would get after them, you know, like <laughs> the house. Cause I was, I was raised, it was a drug. You know, so yeah. prior to me trying it in 2017, I had tried it once in high school after I graduated. I think it was like graduation night or we went to a party or something. And I tried it one time and that was it. It just wasn't for me. Huh. Never tried it again because, of course, you know, I was told it was a drug and that's how stigma had me was raised that way. And uh, so when I tried it in 2017 was because I had literally given up hope. I didn't think I was going to make it another year. Um, so at that point, I thought, well, if it's a drug, you know, I've already gotten off all these drugs, you know, and I'm going through withdrawals. So I'll try it, you know, and I did. And it just it made a huge difference. Um, of course, you know, it was a lot of trial and error. But I'm here now, you know, no more cane, no more um, walker. And it's my medicine, you know, I no longer on 18 medications and my medical and everything is has made a big difference. Uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, powerful story uh, that you share, Candy, uh, with in both the first volume, Encouraging Cannabis, and then a spark author, Encouraging Cannabis, Volume 2, as is Danielle Simone Brand, the weed mom. You know, she brought up something, Danielle, a little bit that people talk about is kind of this reluctance and such. As someone kind of talking about this lifestyle, uh, we have multiple parents in this room. Do you find that people approach it a little awkwardly do you have a lot of people tell that story do they always like well how much am i supposed to talk am i going to get the giggles like do you find that it's grown up enough when you broach the idea that they're comfortable or is it still when you walk in the room do you still get the there's the weed mom like do they snicker <laughs> like at the pta like that's what i'm worried about i'm gonna be super honest i gotta figure out how to deal with the pta because i think they snicker when i walk in and be like that dude is the cannabis they don't even say cannabis they're like let's be real they're like that dude is always the one talking about weed in front of his kids all the time and we don't let his high school people come over because i don't know why right so is that like what is that like being outspoken and the people thinking and trying to understand this weed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excuse me. You know, it's an interesting thing because I mean, I am really out in uh, in public on the internet as you know, nationally, right? As a cannabis mom, internationally almost. Um, but you know, in in my personal life, I think that I am sometimes circumspect. It just depends. Like, um, you know, there are people that you can kind of get a vibe from that you know are okay to start the conversation with. But generally, I try to open if I want to talk about. It, I try to open with easy entry things like, you know, CBD is a very easy entry thing, right? Or other cannabinoids, because people can more readily accept, you know, non-psychoactive non or non-intoxicating um, wellness effects, right? Um, but, you know, to me, that's like, you know, there's the, the joke about cannabis being a gateway drug, which it absolutely is not, but CBD is a gateway to talking about the rest of cannabis, in my view. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I'm also, there, there are plenty of parents in my circle who just, who Googled me before I even really knew them well. And so people do approach me and say, I know you wrote a book about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm, I, I try to lead with education. I try to be as open as possible about the way that, you know, I conduct myself and that I am, you know, I, I'm all about the, 
without being healthier and happier and more whole as a person so that I can make the impact that I want to make in the world. And, you know, that that's a pretty good message. I think most people can get on board with that. Not everybody gets on board with cannabis being a helpful tool for that. But, um, you know, if you kind of approach with education and approach with wellness and approach with, you know, less intimidating things like CBD, I think it helps. Uh, how about for you, Candy, like down in Texas, has it been something that, you know, you're sharing your story? Once again, I still feel like, you know, it's probably not as welcome. So you're sharing your story, you're telling people this, have you felt communally? I don't know if that's a real word. Is that a real word, Sarah? Is communally a real word? You're an author. I'm not. No, let's make <laughs> anyone group vote. Communally, is that a word? I'm not sure. Let's I don't know. Do I'm making it. shit up. Let's do it. Uh, communally, uh, Candy, like within your area, your friends, your family, like, did you feel pushback? Did you feel people that were not respecting of it, that didn't appreciate it, that were like, why are you doing this, Candy? Why are you on the weed, like doing those things that you find like that was hard for you? Or has it been more encouraging than you thought kind of uh, talking no, about def this. definitely hard definitely yeah. hard till this day i know it took me about a year to even come out and go public with my own you know family um but definitely till this day i still get you know looks or i'm sure people talk about it and you know that i because I, mm -hmm. i've heard it even from you know several or not immediate family but family you know like oh she just wants to be high or I'm like no like that I can actually live a more normal life you know and and I microdose I'm not high and let's talk about a little a little education there you know because I I just want them to know like it could probably help them too mm -hmm. but yes definitely like Dion uh, Daniel said um start off with CBD, you know, because I don't use a lot of THC. It's more of CBD, you know, CBG, CBN. And I like, let's discuss it. Like, I'm, I would love to, you know, share what I do and how I do it and how I got there. You know, I actually coached myself. I didn't have anyone coaching me when I started. So now I, I'm doing coaching to others and sh sharing, you know, and just educating and just keep sharing the word and I feel we'll make a difference together. Together. I love it. Um, before we let Sarah go, actually, Sarah, what, what, before you go, do you have anything you'd like to, to mention everybody and where can everybody find you and, and some of the articles that you've written and yeah. Oh. Thanks. Um, SarahRatliff.com or PuertoRicoWriter.com. And, um, you know, I write a lot about cannabis. I write a lot about sustainable agriculture cannabis, race and gender. Um, those are my main topics. Uh, natural healing. I've, um, Danielle and um, Candy made some points earlier about plant medicine and we, and the somehow the distinction between cannabis and psilocybin and, um, and peyote is somehow is, are different from ginger, turmeric and stinging nettles. And, but they're not, they're all, they're all part of the 28,000 medicinal plants on the, on the planet. And, um, you know, so I feel like um, we are medical cannabis evangelists. I mean, we, we, this is whether we're writing an article, whether we're on a podcast, you know, whether we're, talking to people at, at, at church who have, you know, more conservative views about the plant. Um, we're, we, we have to be evangelists for sure, because um, I mean, I think that there's obviously the, uh, 
okay, well, it's, you know, you're just doing it to get high, but, you know, to Candy's point, she really doesn't smoke that much THC and she's more concentrating on the other cannabinoids, the CBG, the CBN, the CBD. And, you know, those, those are important things to, to share because I think, you know, of course everybody thinks, oh my God, THC. Um, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, I think that um, we, I read a quote yesterday that seems so perfect because as we talk to people and they are reticent about cannabis on the one end of the spectrum or critical of it on the other end of the spectrum and that we have to combat this with with education and say you know no this is actually what cannabis is um somebody was saying it, it was in a thread on linkedin and somebody was saying you know kind of trashing cannabis and somebody else got pretty upset and um and i saw another comment that made a whole lot of sense which is you know our governments have spent millions and probably i don't even know how many millions uh probably billions by now um dollars on the on the war on drugs and you know it's been quite a smear campaign um on on these these plants and so and this has happened over a minimum of the last 50 years and so it's going to be hard to change people's minds. And I think, you know, we, we are at the grassroots level and, you know, that's the, that's really what we can do, you know, and, and it's a, it's, it's an uphill battle, but I'll tell you, it's probably um, the one I'm most passionate about. And I think that all of us, you know, who come on these podcasts, who, 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 who consume, who write, who, who, whatever i mean we're we're here to remind everybody a it is just a plant it's just a plant and the other thing is um we're all really good people in the community i mean we have these you know there's there are all those those images of reefer madness and and um i was telling my husband the other day um accidentally i took um a tincture on the way home from the um dispenser when i say accidentally <laughs> i thought i was doing a one in three, which was like yeah, you're accidentally. You just mean you took more than you thought you were. That's what we accidentally. <laughs> and yeah, the, remember, you can't see the wink emoji oozing through the camera if you're not watching on YouTube. The camera. I thought I was taking a mostly CBD, and it and it turns out I took the mostly THC. Mm, and, been there. Yeah, and, and, and it's so funny because the whole time. So I live on the top of a hill. I live at two thousand, you know, feet up, and. But there's a point at which you have to come down this really long slope and there's a 300 foot drop off on one side and it's pretty scary. And that was the very first time I'd taken that hill stone. And <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that went through my mind was- I could just imagine. <laughs> you know, but it's funny because you hear, oh my God, you know, the guy smoked a lot of weed and then hit up a liquor store and robbed people. And I'm thinking, no, this is my first time high and driving, and um, I'm going to go about one mile an hour. <laughs> like, no, and I finally got down the hill. It took me, I, I shit you not, it took me 10 minutes to go down that hill that normally takes like three minutes. And fortunately, there was nobody around, and I got to the bottom of the hill, and I thought, okay, I just have about... 500 feet to get to my gate, but there's another little drop before I go back up. And I'm thinking, oh my God, do I call my husband? No, I'm going to make it home. But when I, when I finally got home, I said to him, you know, it's so funny. And it's also so sad that people have that image of the, 
the stoner who becomes violent. And I'm thinking, in that moment, I was so non-violent. No, you just want to find your way to bed. SarahRatliff.com. Thank you for joining us today, all Thank the way from Puerto are. Rico. Your roosters are crowing. Something's happening. They need to be uh, fed down there. Uh, take care of them. Thank you for joining us. Check her out, SarahRatliff.com. Uh, a lot of great work that she has written out there. Uh, future guest, Sarah's going to be on in a couple of weeks. we got to be recorded a show with her, so she'll be on Thank in a few you. weeks. Thank you, Sarah, uh, for Thank joining you. us. Thank you. Uh, you're listening to... Great Thank to you. see you. Great to see you too, Danielle, and great to meet you, Candy. Likewise. Thank you, Sarah. Bye-bye. Getting Sarah Bye, out of here. You're listening to the Because Cannabis Holiday Special for 2023. We got a lot of great guests throughout the day. We're currently sitting with myself. We got Candy Flores. Oh. We got Daniel uh, Simone Brand. Both oh. of them are authors in the Courage and Cannabis uh, book series, volume one and two. Weed Mom herself, Daniel Simone Brand in there. Uh, we said goodbye to a future guest that we had recorded a show with, but it hasn't aired. And we're about to say hello and bring into the conversation uh, a bit of an accent for another guest that we've recorded a show and haven't heard from. Uh, we're going to introduce your product probably to people who aren't familiar with this. Can be like literally- And this might be a good product for actually yeah. Danielle and Candy because we were talking about CBD and some of the other cannabinoids. And what about this idea of the mixing? Mixing your The mixing. So with that- I love it. Roy- I uh, it. <laughs> Let's bring in uh, Roy, the CEO of BudLove, BudLove.com. Uh, why don't you, a little bit, Roy, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the product, and we'll dive in a little bit. Awesome. Thank you. Before I start, I'd like to say I don't have an accent. You guys have accents. <laughs> you know, I stand corrected on that, Roy. My bad, bro. My bad. Um, so, you know, I am uh, a scientist, biochemist by education, Um got into the cannabis industry in 2015, uh, made this amazing discovery about CBG back in the latter part of 2021 um, and decided to bring it to market through a product called Bud Love, which is uh, the first uh, world's first mixer for cannabis specifically developed for cannabis. Uh, it contains marshmallow leaf, which is an ancient medicinal herb, has been used in Asia for thousands of years. It's actually one of the most smoked herbs on the planet. Um, it soothes the throats and the lungs. Uh, a lot of CBG the ingredient, the mother cannabinoid, and then a collection of terpenes to match the uh, uh, strains that you might be mixing with. And... Um, that's it. It's been an amazing journey. It's on the market now. Uh, you can mix it in with your cannabis and, and get the effect that you want with uh, no anxiety or paranoia. That's one of the key things, particularly for people that use cannabis for medical reasons and they have these side effects that they don't like, but they have to keep on using the cannabis. Um, but love helps with that. So, um, you know, our motto is make cannabis fun again. <laughs> it's a pretty cool uh product uh candy or danielle are you guys familiar with uh bud love have you heard of bud love you know i've heard of it but i don't have experience so is it is it flour to mix in is it herbs to mix in or is it um, oh wait okay. till you hold on candy have you heard of bud love before no i haven't all right wait till i'm about to blow your mind because we had roy on and i had no idea 
that this was such a thing. And then I, I feel like, Danielle, you may be down with this because you're a little uh, got some holistic. So, uh, Roy, uh, tell us what makes up the majority of the Bud Love, like what herbal uh, plant you just found. Marshmallow to leaf. Marshmallow leaf uh, from the marshmallow plant in Victorian days. Marshmallow plants, the root was used to make marshmallow from. That's where we get the word marshmallow from. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, I have seen some mixes like um, rose petals and um, lavender and things like that. And I haven't actually tried any. I am so simple with mine. <laughs> Just my mom. But, <laughs> but I, I am very curious because, um, I mean, did you say that it, it it has like, do people experience it as lessening some of the negative effects of THC? That's like, exactly why I like using it yeah. is I get highly anxious, but I still need a, a heck of a heavy dose for pain and, and stuff like that. And so yeah. to couple it with the bud love and remove some of that anxiety has made a huge difference. It's I can now, and, and not just that there's, there's a couple different, um, a couple different like flavors and, 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 and mixes that they have. Um, some for more creative, some for more that relaxing state. And for me, I actually have a hard time sleeping and the Indica or, it, you know, the, some of the hybrids, it's still difficult to, for me to fall asleep with. And the mm -hmm. Bud Love really, really did help kind of ease and relax my mind more than just smoking the cannabis. I also have to say that the marshmallow leaf, it's, it's a similar consistency than what you're used to. And so, um, it's, it's, it's more finely shredded, but at the same point, like if you're rolling it up or if you're making a 50-50 mix in your water pipe, it's not, you, you will have all the same feel and, and familiarity with it. It's nothing new. I'll um, tell you the super secret yeah. thing with the marshmallow leaf, and I don't know, there's something, you know, especially as cannabis struggles with the ways to consume and really it's, you know, the healthiness with the lungs and more people using tinctures, more people, you know, the nebulizers that are coming along, like we're taking mm -hmm. away the consumption. You know, I am a person, we talked about this earlier in the show. Gosh, Dustin, we are two and a half hours in, by the way. I cannot believe that. <laughs> uh, I talked about this. Well, feel, I was going to say yesterday or something, but it was literally like two hours ago. Uh, you know, I tend to enjoy pre-rolls and such, but I don't, it's a bit harsher on the lungs and such. And so I've now uh, mm -hmm. gone through a couple of Bud Love packages. And one of the beautiful things, and Roy turned us on to this when we spoke with him, of Marshmallow Leaf, and it's a hashtag fact, it is less harsh on the lungs. Like you don't cough as much yeah. with the Marshmallow Leaf. I don't know what it is about the plant itself, but it's a very lung less harsh response than most i don't want to say healthy that's the wrong word but it's less harsh than most of the herbal plants that i have consumed like i was really shocked roy at how uh pleasant of a consumption it really is hmm. uh, and that's a big contrast to hemp for example that is quite harsh yes. on the so yeah yes. in chinese traditional herbal medicine marshmallow leaf is often used for you know, chest complaints, congestions, and things like that. Uh, so there's a, an element there in from the medicinal side, but also I think it burns at the lower temperature than cannabis. And so when you're mixing it and smoking it together with a cannabis, the overall temperature of that smoke of the burning comes down. I think that helps too. Uh, Interesting. Candy, so I have a quick question. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask Candy a question about consumption. We'll go to there and I'll get to Candy in a minute. Okay. Well, I was just curious because um, it doesn't have THC. So are you able to to sell it everywhere? Are you able to ship it? 
Across yeah, the so it's good. basically marshmallow leaf, CBG, yeah. and terpenes. Yeah. Uh, we sell it online. Uh, we mm -hmm. sell it in smoke shops. We sell it in some dispensaries where the local law allows. Um, and we sell it on Amazon. So, yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> and, uh, then. You know, and, it, and it won't get you high. Some people like to smoke it on its own. You know, CBG, there's a lot of CBG in there, 15% by weight. So more than you get in, in even some premium uh, CBG flour. Um, and, you know, some people like to smoke it on its own. They say it relaxes them and, and you know, gives them a nice feeling. And, and it burns right, yeah? So mm -hmm. you're still getting the, the whole tactile thing of smoking um yeah. but really what it was designed for and, and the magic that happens is when you couple that with the cannabis mm -hmm. very interesting yeah i mean several years into my cannabis journey i am noticing some effects in my respiratory system so i'm uh, i'm interested in giving that a try I was the, nicotine, the nicotine free bit is was important for me you know i where yeah. i come from um people typically smoke spliffs, which is tobacco and cannabis together. And I got addicted to, to tobacco by smoking spliffs. Um, mm -hmm. So this is a way to, to essentially have a nicotine-free spliff. But more than that, it's actually with a purpose because the mixer now enhances and improves the experience of cannabis. You know, we've been... We, we've done this everywhere else. You know, yeah, you can drink tequila on its own, but a margarita's nice as well. <laughs> Um, why not with cannabis, right? Very yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah, that to me is, is it. Cannabis is such a, a dynamic medicine or tool for in your wellness kit because of that variance. The fact that I can eat a little gummy today or have a little bit of concentrate or vape it and each one kind of induces a different effect, a different feeling, a different tool and so it's it is it, it i find that the most useful portion about it and the thing that kind of helped all the customers coming into my shop to explore cannabis in general as something for as a medicine um yeah so I, I love that idea that this is just an additional tool to the toolkit it's just a something else you could reach for when you need it um and i like i really we i like the product in general you know and the scientist in me kind of make sense of this is, you know, we've been breeding cannabis to be stronger and stronger in THC. I kind of call it the sort of chili syndrome. We want the strongest chili sauce we can get. <laughs> but the problem with doing that is that um, the balance of THC to all these other minor cannabinoids is now very different. We have a lot of THC and not so much of the other ones, you know, and the experience of cannabis is like a symphony on on the receptors in our body and what we've now done with modern cannabis is we have you know a very loud solo instrument THC, <laughs> and everyone else has been dampened down and by putting the cbg back in we're kind of restoring that entourage effect a bit and and you know for me after you know a long period out of cannabis coming back to it it was like the experience i used to have before it was fun and it was light and it was social. Um, it wasn't sort of, you know, dark and anxious and debilitating. So yeah, for me, it's rekindled my relationship with cannabis and, and it's been great to hear, you know, all the people that, you know, really love it. It's, it's, it's impacted their lives in positive ways. 
Uh, our relationships with cannabis are really huge. It's uh, pretty interesting. I want to get to Candy in a second to talk a little bit about uh, kind of her relationship and some of the messages or some of the dosage types you have used. But you're listening to Because Cannabis, our 420 holiday special. Uh, we're talking with Roy Lipsky, the CEO of Bud Love. Mm-hmm. Visit budlove.com. Enter the code wayward15 at checkout to get 15% off of your purchases. Danielle Simone Brand, Weed Mom. You can purchase that book on amazon.com right now. As well as Candy Flores, uh, along with Danielle, are both encouraging cannabis volume two specifically which we're promoting today available soon visit curds and cannabis.com uh, on there i'm curious candy as someone who's still you know kind of micro doses and still is kind of figuring out your way very very new to this do you get into some of these new fangled ways that people are consuming are you very much straight like give me that tincture for what ails me how is your kind of exploration with medicinal cannabis, Ben, or have you just still going with what you started? What's it been like for someone coming into it so new with all of this different ways to consume and newness and mixers and gummies and lozenges and <laughs> all the all the junk? Breast sprays? They got breast sprays now and foot rubs. Like, was it confusing or how has it been since you've entered into this world, Candy? So that was the first year. Um, now I it, that was 2017. So now I, I've got my dosing on point. Um, but at that time, you know, it took me a while to get my, you know, my regimen, my personal regimen. But it just depends. Sometimes I I, I really like the one on one. Sometimes I do, you know, twenty on one. You know, it it just depends what day and how much I've done that day. If I overdid it or, you know, if I had, you know, if I was traveling or just depending, you know, I, I change up my dosing daily, depending on my personal uh, day. It's one of those things. It's one of those things that people have to learn. I'm sure, Danielle, you've had a lot of that as you talk with people. As you meet new people, whether they're patients or whether they're, you know, parents looking to relax or, you know, trying to just find a new weed mom on your Instagram and such. Uh, is it something that people like, come into too strong? Are you always trying to tell people about how to uh, consume? Because I feel like it's way different. You know, we talked about the weed mom, wine mom comparison. It's a lot different than that. People understand alcohol. I think they understand the onset of how it works. But with cannabis, smoking something, and if you put a little bud love in there, or if you consume it through the bong that you showed, or my pen that I have here, or an edible, all those are so different experiences, not just time onset, but feeling onset. You know, Roy's talking about this ensemble entourage effect. Like that's very legitimate, though, different ways it hits and affects you and all these different strains. How has it been with you and trying to people that come into it, Danielle? Are they like nervous? Are they excited? Do they love the newness? Are they like simple? How do you break in new people when it's like a giant dispensary full of like, I don't know what option to choose? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it can be pretty overwhelming, honestly, walking into a dispensary. I did used to live in San Diego, and that's when I started writing about cannabis and experimenting with cannabis. And there were, you know, 15 dispensaries within five minutes of my house. And they were these were like, weed emporia, you know, <laughs> like I could really um, get overwhelmed walking in. And, you know, women in my community, moms in my community started asking me, like, can you go to the dispensary with me? Because I have literally no idea what all this stuff is. Um, so that is kind of, you know, partially where the book came from. And I have a, I have a chapter.
chapter in here about um, choosing products, you know, the different modes of consumption. There are even more modes of consumption now than when I wrote the book a couple of years ago, but I did cover quite a few. I covered, I think, nine or 10 different ways to consume and, um, you know, reasons you might use the different one, pros and cons. Um, you know, people come at it from different places. It really depends on, you know, where they live, their access, their previous experience. For, for a lot of moms, though, I do find that, um, you know, like microdose products, edibles that are, um, you know, like the, like the kind of sublingual edibles, strips or slips that dissolve, things like that can be a little bit more kind of like easy entry products. Um, some, some people are turned off by smoking. They look at dabbing and they're like, there's, you know, I would never yeah. recommend chemistry set anyway, and but- <laughs> it's dabbing it's kind of, yeah, let's be real. Like, all right, let's have a, let's have a conversation about dabbing real quick here. <laughs> I, I go back and forth. All right. I'm going to bring up the group. Let's bring up the group as a whole. We're group conversation, uh, on this real quick. I don't even know how I've never like Roy. I don't know where you sit with it. You're promoting the flower. So dabbing in general, let's talk dabbing with concentrates, uh, blow torches, ceramic nails, giant glass pieces. I feel it's a dangerous. I think it might be a little dangerous as a whole. Uh, and B, it's a little too much science kit for me. Like, I know, Roy, you're a scientist and such. It's a little, like, it involves so much prep work. Like, I, I, it's like, it's the same thing as having to get up at four in the morning to, like, make a brisket that I'm going to eat 17 hours later. <laughs> but it is, seems to me like a ridiculous amount of work for what it literally in 2023, I can take a pill. Like, literally, I could swallow a pill. Uh, for that effect uh dabbing overrated underrated uh go around the room here what do we think <laughs> who's first i don't know you dustin go. Go, we'll go. Go. yeah yeah we'll let roy yeah, go first it, it's kind of a bit scary for me even as a scientist yeah right that's a little scary <laughs> Yeah, it's, it is to me too. Um, I mean, the, the super high concentrations of THC, I think, you know, some people need it medically. And there are others who probably aren't benefiting from it. Um, you know, I'm not here to, to judge and say who is who, but you know, like, I think that large amounts of T, you know, like, like, uh, Roy was saying THC has the content has really changed over the years. The percentage yes. has grown quite a bit. And then with these concentrates, we're getting like, you know, 70 to 95% actual THC. Now I have at festivals and, you know, in like MJ BizCon, for instance, I got to, got to try some really high end dabs and they were incredible. I have to admit, <laughs> incredible. Um, and it's the kind of experience that lasts for me a whole lot longer than smoking, um, more like on par with an edible. And it was really clear headed, but really good at the same time. <laughs> so I have to say it's a different feeling. I do enjoy it. It would never be part of my daily routine because plant, the plant is what I enjoy. I want to feel the flower. I want to smell the flower. I want to break it up, you know, grind it, whatever. Um, and I just feel like that's the most plant medicine that's not plant most plant medicine-y of, of all <laughs> yeah, it's way less plant medicine candy where we sit on the dab rigs i am i've never tried dabbing so i'd have to i be... wouldn't know once you uh don't start 
Don't start. It's not, it's, it's for the young. That's what I say. Like it's for the young kids. Like I am old. I am 50 years old. I don't have time for your equipment and blow torches. Like that's a terrible, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Sorry. I know. I know. There's people right now. Yeah. People who are so mad about that, but that's just. I'm uh, getting anxious in my seat. I feel like I'm the oddball out. I fucking love my red. I, why? Okay. No one in the world is shocked by that statement right now. Just, I'm just going right now. You walk in here with your beard and your hair and your hair that is not shocking there is a hundred percent a place for it okay one there's a purpose and a place for the science behind the smoking device when with the rig in general so proper quartz proper heating and fluctuations of temperature to pull off the terpenes at certain levels It, it it establishes the science in which we use in every other cannabis product, our low temp pens, all this other shit. It took the glass blower, building it and creating the device to use it to, to make this shit happen and to advance it. And in every regard, I do think it absolutely has a place. It has a place for its potency. It has a place in the ritual itself for heavy drug users, drug users who are used to using some other type of tool to, 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 to do what they got to do. I really believe that I've watched more change as a smoke shop owner, watching customers come in, moving towards as a patient with a rig than almost anything else. It is so successful in establishing a new routine, a new process that is elongated. It's a 10 minute thing. It is, it's an ordeal. It's not run into the garage, pop my pen for two seconds, run back out. And because of that, I think there's a more established positivity or should be more positivity established with that. I also think that some of the most flavor I've ever gotten is coming from that, that those that concentrate done at the right temp and the right device. I think um, the same way that we were talking earlier with the plenty and the vaporization and how things cool as it's going out of the cooling coil, the glass and the way that, oil is interacting with what size of bubble all changes every ounce of that for it. So I, it, it is, there is a place, but I don't, I really don't get down on anybody who's like, I don't want to carry my torch and the rig and the nail and the cap like one of and those, the tool like, like, and the like thing. one of those people in a Western who shows up with a guitar case and like, that's exactly what it is. You got to open it up and you got to put all, all right. the pieces together or like a sniper in the film is like, but what about the stuff like that now? The Puffco Peak is really streamlining that process, removing all of those other accessories and getting a patient to be able to tap something with one finger which they don't have very much usage in their hands or whatever and it heats up it goes right through the temp ranges it needs to it provides the entire experience but without any of that bullshit that we're all complaining about you know i i don't know there is something to it um but i don't blame anybody for i don't blame you guys for just wrapping one up (laughs) (laughs) all i have to say is macro macro dosing that is uh the buzzword all right we got some guests in here we got another guest we're going to join in a second uh we got some guests have been with us for a bit how are we uh spending our 420 roy ceo of bud love what is the ceo of a company that makes a cannabis centric product besides uh, attend the 19th best rated cannabis centric podcast according to flowhub.com uh, out there what else does the ceo of a burgeoning cannabis company bud love enter wayward 15 to check out for 15 percent off what do you do on april 20th besides your product which you got to because it's the day to do it i know i know well i spend a lot of time trying to give it out 
yes. um, discounts on our website, on Amazon. Um, absolutely. Uh, look, you know, for me, I'm going to have a, a nice smoke later on in the afternoon. Um, I think we spoke about um, my passion, which is hummus. So uh, I've oh, got a yeah. batch that I pay uh, I made a few days ago. So you can have a nice smoke and then enjoy a, a plate of. Hummus. I used your garlic trick <laughs> last weekend. You know, this week. We had a oh, yeah. conversation about hummus. Tune in to uh, <laughs> Because Cannabis. In about two weeks, we're going to debut Roy's episode. We had a long conversation with Roy, and we finish on a proper hummus and the secret recipe. Uh, he's got his own website with this recipe on there. That's how much Roy is dedicated to freaking hummus, man. He is down with it. Making <laughs> I mean, that, you know, the one thing I need to try, and maybe next year's 420, is some cannabis-infused oil on top of it at the end. Wait, you've yeah. never infused... You got all this hummus, like, low-key love, and you've never infused it as a cannabis CEO? I feel I feel like you're betraying your kind here, Roy. Uh, I usually don't eat it on my own. I share it with my kids, but... Uh, Val, okay, touche. Uh, we just had we had the weed mom. We just had responsible conversations about parenting uh, in the room. We're here on the Because Cannabis 420 holiday special. Anybody got to run before I bring in our next guest? Anyone, uh, Danielle? I do, or... I do have to jump. All right, we're going to say goodbye Love to Roy. You uh, thank Great you, Roy. RoyFudLove.com. You can find the link in the comments. Enter the code WAYWORD15. We're going to have a long conversation with Roy uh, in one of our future episodes here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, one of these Wednesdays at 4.20 p.m., we'll have Roy on there. It looks like we just lost Candy Flores. Candy, she is in Courage and Cannabis Volume 1 and 2. Uh, Courage and Cannabis Volume 1 and 2 uh, into there. Oh, let's bring Candy back in here. We were just talking about her. Dustin, we bring her back in. I'm yep. talking about we got Candy Flores uh, from Courage and Cannabis Volume 1 and 2 uh, and then Danielle Simone Brand, Weed Mom. So, Roy, thank you very much for joining us. Take care uh, as well. Go to budlove.com. Uh, thank you for spending 420. Enjoy the holiday, sir. Thank you. Lovely to see you all. Roy, uh, that's always awesome. <laughs> I have only a couple more minutes, but I, I can stay if there's another guest and we can We are going bit. to bring yeah. in right now. Let's bring in Christy Chapman. I hope I said that right. It's pretty hard not to mispronounce. Christy Chapman, mm -hmm. uh, the CEO of Emerald Days. Thank you for joining us here on our Because Cannabis 420 holiday special. Hopefully you hit subscribe as you're going. Uh, welcome to the show. So I guess just to get us started, we got uh, Dan Danielle Simone Brand, our weed mom, uh, Candy Flores, uh, one of our authors in Texas telling the Hearst story in Courage of Cannabis Volume 1 and 2, and myself, BC, and Dustin. We haven't met before. Nice to meet you. Give us a quick uh, rundown, who you are, uh, what we're here for, and then we'll go from there. Are, 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 uh, I am Christy Chapman. Uh, I am from Washington, and I am a cannabis patient and educator, and I'm very happy to be here. Uh, and you're an author in the upcoming volume two of Courage and Cannabis, right? That is correct. Um, uh, what have you, I don't know, is, uh, how did you end up hearing about the book? How did you end up getting involved with the, the project? Well, the cannabis community is a great community and educators like to stick together. And Dr. Bridget is one of the best in the industry. And when I heard that she was doing a book on education with cannabis, I knew that I wanted to reach out and be a part of it. And uh, so on with the journey we went. And it's really interesting where you come into this because you're 
I just think your background is in to if you want to give a quick recap, but basically in respiratory medicine, right? So you come from this aspect of it and to get involved in just, you know, kind of conversation we we're just talking about, like cannabis and the smoke and the lungs and all these different aspects. Uh, you come into it in that background and a plant that is traditionally consumed into the lungs, which to me says like, you know, they don't go together well. There's no synergy between inhalants and good respiratory health. But we've already heard multiple times during this last almost three hours that we've been on this show, multiple people who have used cannabis for asthma related issues and had success with them we just talked with roy love uh with roy lipsky from bud love about marshmallow leaf being gentler on the lungs how does someone with a respiratory background get into a plant that is kind of makes you cough to get off so to speak <laughs> and that's what they tell you well, right they tell me back and got a cough to get off and now you're like i'm a respiratory doctor let's get into it how does that no no balance well uh cannabis and inhalation are something that I'm extremely passionate about. Uh, heat to the lungs is a problem. Uh, I actually was listening, getting ready uh, to come on uh, your podcast, and I, I got to hear people talking about their lung health. And after 25 years of working in critical care, burn units, and uh, emergency rooms, uh, I am there to protect your airway. So when cannabis became really important for my health, uh, one of the first things that I sought was CBD. So I had everybody in the community uh, looking forward to consuming THC and uh, working with their disease. And I knew that inflammation was the problem with disease. I had seen it. I put people on life support and managed their inflammation while uh, they rest because it's an overload on their body. So when I realized that cannabis would be a part of my life, I wanted to make sure that I could use the healthiest way. I certainly uh, didn't want to damage my lungs. Uh, I quit smoking long, long ago because uh, oxygen is pretty important to the body. So what happened, and I just get really excited talking about this, is uh, I really was interested in finding a method to medicate with without the heat. And meter dose inhalers, uh, we know them, we deliver medicine to asthmatics uh, with a nebulizer and a meter dose inhaler. And so I went on a journey of putting CBD with a couple of uh, partners, uh, putting CBD in a meter dose inhaler. And uh, so we have uh, Chapman Health and Wellness, uh, the thousand milligram meter dose inhaler, no heat, no smoke. I say no joke because, uh, you know, first of all, I'm here as a patient to get well. And, and so one of the things I really would like to say is if you are smoking cannabis, if you are vaping and it gets you out of bed, I'm okay with that. It's the worst of two evils, if you will. Uh, being productive is number one. And um, so I, I too, I do partake, but I'd like to keep it to a minimum and use the inhaler so that I too get lung health. Because when I was a patient and was partaking quite a bit, uh, I was very sick and my, my lung health deteriorated. And that's just not an option for me. Um, so meter dose inhalers are my preferred form. Uh, 
of uh, medicating and also using topicals. So um, that's what I do. All right. I, uh, I am. So you've just touched on something that I must talk about on a day. Dustin, how many times? How many times? Oh, we, love it. I, we and you love this idea because it's, it's, it's been a two year process as we've watched companies pursue this. But uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by like dosages through in through like and we're looking at Chapman Health and Wellness dot com. You can look at the website, yeah. and the comments. So I just. I need to know more about like kind of why it's not used uh, immediately on an everyday basis. Uh, Christy, we're with Christy Chapman, the CEO of um, Emerald Days. We have a lot of great uh, folks with us right now on the Because Channel special. Why is it not used? Like, why is everyone not talking about this on the regular basis? There is just it to me is like the next best thing. And it feels so new. Is it super expensive? Is it raw? Like, why is it not so widely popular? Well, first of all, one of the reasons that people in the beginning, and I've been doing this for next to a decade, close to a decade, and in the beginning, even educators were really uh, hesitant to encourage a single molecule to help a disease process. And I am so happy to be here and say that, you know, I knew from the beginning that one molecule was all it took. Yes, we want full plant. Yes, yes, yes. But if one molecule will help somebody to get through a disease process, then I say it's important. And the reason that it has been uh, so on the back burner, if you will, is that it is an education. People don't recognize the health benefits that come from CBD. We're, we're out here as advocates shouting from the rooftop. If you have inflammation, if you have disease, you need to have CBD. CBD is our anti-inflammatory, keeps, keeps disease process down, and we don't want to encourage another disease while we're helping you get better from what ails you. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm a fan of being comfortable, and I am an advocate for meter dose inhalers. Um, the, I think the community has really embraced that uh, a single molecule can do so much. Now we're, you know, we have CBG, CBN, and we can really focus that formulation in on what the patient truly needs. So uh, filling that endocannabinoid system, keeping that inflammation down, and keeping lung health is my priority. So one of the things that I really would like for people to start checking, you know, we check ourselves for a cold, we check ourselves for temperature, we check our blood pressure. As a respiratory practitioner, I would really encourage people to start checking what you are coughing up, hmm. what you are coughing out. People, that is not supposed to be speckled. It is not supposed to be black. It is not supposed to be green. It's supposed to be clear. So as we're in this great uh error of, uh, you know, keep the toxins down, keep yourself healthy. Well, cannabis can be a toxin. I hate to say that, but it can be. So utilizing the microdose that is necessary to get through the day and to be your best self is what I encourage. Anything after that is recreation, in my opinion. And I don't drink excessively, so I don't use cannabis excessively. Not when I'm not full on in a flare up or a disease process. 
So. Uh, I love the conversations. Uh, we're having a great uh, setup today. We got a lot of great guests, a lot of uh, authors from Courage and Cannabis, Volume One and Volume Two, in here. Christy Chapman, Danielle Simone Brand, Candy Flores, all sharing their stories. A lot of it is about whether it's uh, Danielle uh, talking with her book Weed Mom, uh, another great uh, set of companies. Whether you know the microdosing and Candy sharing her story, just a lot of it is about responsible usage. I think that's something that comes mm -hmm. up again and again. Like people always think, and I hope that part of us sitting here for four hours and 20 minutes today talking about this and having all of your stories on. And I know, Danielle, you got to go here. So we're going to kind of give you some final words with all these stories and people coming together. A lot of people from Dr. Bridget Williams bringing you guys together to share your stories is responsibility and being in normalization and destigmatization, all these words uh, that we here. So thank you all so far who have joined us. Thank you everyone who's joined us so far. We got some great guests coming up. We're about to bring in a guest in just a few moments when Danielle leaves here, we'll bring in another guest. Uh, so Danielle, thank you for joining us today. A couple thank of shouts you. and plugs before you get going. Awesome. Um, you know what? I want to ask Christy a question and, oh, absolutely. Please. and you can answer when I hop off if you want oh, no. to, if you want to, but I'm, I'm really curious um, for those of us who, who do primarily use smoking as our mode of intake and it, and it helps us in a lot of ways. Are there, um, are there supplements, for instance, that we can take to help clear the lungs? Like I know that quercetin, I'm not sure if that's the right pronunciation, is one that's talked about in the natural health field for like helping to clear the lungs. I'm curious if there's anything that you recommend there. Um, and I, you, however you want, I can stay on for a second or oh, I can stay, hop off. kick you out. Okay. I was just stay. trying to go. You stay all you want. I'm going to bring Andrew in too. I'm going to let Christy answer that question. Andrew, you bring in, hang out. We'll get some proper introduction in a second. Take it away, no. Christy. Well, I am a terpene fan and I love your question. Uh, thank you for sticking around. One of the things I, I, I'm not so much, uh, I'm sure there are herbs that can, uh, help that along. I'm a little old fashioned. I'm a hot steam in the shower kind of gal. Uh, mm -hmm. We're really into breath work nowadays. That is mm -hmm. something I have uh, educated patients on, cystic fibrosis, clearing the lungs and how we go about that. So first a hot shower, get your lungs nice and moist. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of taking your hands and cupping them like this and just cupping them on your chest and doing a little percussion that helps mm -hmm. to loosen it up. And then I'm also a fan of inhal inhaling terpenes so that uh, you can get bronchodilation that way. And mm -hmm. even uh, when we're smoking, uh, and I include myself in that, when we're smoking and we have that bronchodilation from the plant, that's a good time to get in there and do some lung exercises. Pop mm -hmm. open those alveoli, holding your breath, that good count one to four in, hold it to the count of eight and blow it out through your mouth, in through your nose, out through your mouth. And uh, allowing the alveoli to open and clear is really by breath work. So that would be uh, what I would encourage people to clear their lungs with. Oh, excellent. That is so helpful. Thank you. I'm, I'm a yogi, so actually I do quite a bit of breath work. I know <laughs> you are. So you, I bet you're already uh, recognizing the health benefits of it. Absolutely. Oh, speaking absolutely. of yoga, just we'll bring in our, we have our guests that we just brought in and everyone can feel free to stay as long as you want. You stay as long as you want, Danielle. Weed moms got busy on 420. Uh, Andrea, is it Shelley? Bye, Danielle. Yes, it is. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so Hi, much for joining me. So Hi, Danielle. Goodbye. Weed Mom is available on Amazon right now. <laughs> Say goodbye Bye. to Danielle. I love it.
Oh, it's always weird live. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, it happens. Uh, hey, thank you. We got Christy Chapman, CEO of Emerald uh, Days uh, CBD, talking about micro inhalants, talking about macro inhalants on the, the Inhale Ever Candy. Flores, author of Courage of Cannabis, Volume 1 and 2, talking about her story. Of course, BC and Dustin, every Wednesday, 4.20 p.m. Today, four hours and 20 minutes of uh, quality live content on April 20th, <laughs> keeping you busy. Lots of great stories that we've been able to uh, share today from Courage and Cannabis, Volume Volume two, and we have another author uh, joining us right now. Andrea, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? How are you celebrating April 20th right now, Andrea? I'm at work right now. So I'm at the Eastern Kentucky Hemp Company, but in a little bit, I'm going to head over towards the um, Cincinnati 420 block party. So I'm really excited to see what's going on with that. Uh, so you have, we'll talk, I know you went through UC's like uh, cannabis certification program, but hot off the presses, like being down in that area, Kentucky passing medicinal cannabis, joining that area as part of the Eastern Kentucky Hemp Company. Are the Southern Ohioans, are they rejoicing in the streets? Are the weed leaves flying everywhere? How is Southern Ohio, Kentucky region, how are they dealing with their passage of medicinal cannabis? We're really excited to see what's going to happen with Kentucky um there's oh gosh words are hard sometimes words are hard oh. sometimes that's all right <laughs> we got a ton of time to kill and a ton of great people to talk with you just take your time um i know most most of the people i know in the industry are in ohio but yeah. some of them are looking to move to kentucky um just like right across the river to work in the Kentucky industry once it's up and running. Uh, I would imagine. All right. Well, Andrea, tell us a little bit about your story, and then we'll keep our conversation going. You are uh, featured. You have a story that you share, um, both your experiences and then some other things you share, Encouraging Cannabis Volume 2. So give us a little bit of background of who you are and a little bit of your story, and then we'll uh, continue our conversation with Christy and Candy uh, and Dustin and myself. And you can chat along. If you have questions, enter in the comments below. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I've had my medical marijuana card in the state since 2019. And that was because I was diagnosed with PTSD. Um, I was really lucky to have a therapist who acknowledged that I didn't want to go on pharmaceuticals. And she actually recommended medical marijuana for me. Um, she wrote a letter that I brought to my doctor along with my PTSD diagnosis saying that, hey, I would benefit and would help all of these symptoms. And it was very easy for me to get my card. Um, and I was able to see such a quick improvement in my symptoms just by using a vape and some edibles I was able to start sleeping again. It got rid of my insomnia. I stopped having frequent panic attacks. And right now I'm in a good place that I don't have panic attacks anymore. Um, but it still helps me with any anxiety I experience from PTSD. I can imagine. Has it been, has it been, are you? Comfortable? Like how, how comfortable or uncomfortable are you with like kind of sharing these stories and such? I'd imagine that's been hard, but has it been 
rewarding for you? Are you still feeling some of the nerves of kind of being more public with talking about kind of your backstory and cannabis? Like, what has this been like doing these kind of things, coming on here and talking about it? Like, how does that make you feel uh, as you kind of come to be more comfortable with sharing your story? It's been difficult to share both my cannabis use and um, my diagnosis just because I don't want people to think any less of me. But at the same time, it's really important for me to have those conversations with people to reduce the stigma around being a survivor and being a cannabis user, um, especially because this month is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, so I'm still getting a hang of talking about it. Oh, I think you're muted, Dustin. We are definitely appreciative of you coming on and sharing your story. It definitely, um, there is something to, to what BC was saying about, about being able to describe, like, how to say this, when you're writing these stories in order to help someone else, you in many ways are reliving it and in many ways are going through so much of, of, of just of, of, of what you experienced. And the end result is to maybe see someone else through something similar or to inspire them in some way that makes a profound change in their life. And I, I just think it's really important to, to just bring awareness to that. And I'm really appreciative that you do share that you did take the time out to write in the book and that are even coming on the shows. Cause it really isn't easy. And yeah, just, it's amazing. So I, I just thank you for that. And candy, I definitely want to let candy go before she, it gets too late, but I want to let candy and say the same thing to candy, your story that you're sharing is there is a uniqueness to every story in the book as it was personally experienced. And in a lot of other ways, there is a uniqueness to the book in seeing someone going through something difficult and persevering through it all and coming out ahead and on top um, after it all. And, and Candy, you're no different with your experience and the things that you were told by the health industry and that the things that people regurgitated to you about your, your own wellness. And when you finally are taking control of that yourself and saying, no, I'm owning this. And this is, this is how I'm defining it. This is how I'm going to define tomorrow. Um, I think that's a really powerful thing. So I really want, I'm, I'm in deeply indebted in thanking you both for being on the show. Um, I think I was muted. Thank you for having me. And yes, it definitely hasn't been easy. And um, I've always, help the other authors because I know I went through this with book one you know I did have a PTSD flare-up after it published but I'm I'm here for good and I'm gonna overcome this and help others and just keep sharing uh, well thank you so much for uh, stopping by and hanging with us for a while Candy we really appreciate that 
Once again, you can learn more about Candy Flores' story um, and what she is doing in the Courage and Cannabis Volume 1 and Volume 2, available soon. Check it all out, courageandcannabis.com. We will say goodbye uh, to Candy. Thank you so much. Uh, we will talk to you. Thank, thank you, Candy. Thank you for all you do, Candy. I have a really an interesting question for you, um, Christy. What well, You were talking about inhaling terpenes. What was... Uh, what? is some of the methods that are really good for that. I used to just slightly dip my terpene in a straw, a glass straw, and I would very quickly inhale it to kind of almost vaporize the oil and, 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 and breathe it in. What are some safe ways to, to inhale the terpenes? That is the million dollar question. And I love, love, love that you <laughs> asked it. So Many people in the industry, once we started learning about terpenes, quickly recognized that CBD is great, CBN is great, CBG is great, terpenes are fabulous. So when we are able to mix in a formulation, let's say an award-winning topical line like mine from Oregon from 2016, I've been able to formulate a terpene uh, formulation that when we when i am using my topical line i am using the terpenes that are not just going to work for my pain but the proprietary blend that i use is for uh, bronchodilation mm -hmm. is for uh, soothing the nervous system it is for uh, opening the nasal passage so what i really recommend is using a, to a good topical uh with in enhanced terpenes and then utilize that throughout your body. You know, we need to be breaking up uh, fibrous tissues that are keeping toxins in our body and utilizing a good oil or lotion with terpenes is a way to combat so many different things. I mean, a good terpene profile will help pain. It will help mood. It will help depression. It will help set a good tone. So in utilizing topicals, I like to just uh, dab my finger. Uh, I like the word dab because I did a lot of that when I was sick. Uh, <laughs> put a little dab of a, a good topical uh, and just put it right under your nose. Just a little dab. Yeah. And, and as you, as we are uh, putting it on our body, we need to be doing breath work during that time, inhaling all those terpenes and that wellness that the plant offers us. So, um, yes, to answer your question, uh, that's my first go-to huh. is is a good terpene profile. Uh, uh, our, our skin is the largest organ in our body and absorbs the most. So one of the things that I believe everybody should be doing is a, a, a personal care regimen of a topical. Um, so it, it's, it's very helpful. Very, very helpful. You, you can get high in terpenes. I, I, and you know what? I actually sometimes get higher off the, the terpenes by themselves <laughs> in, in that regard, especially in the morning, waking myself up as a smoking as opposed to smoking a sativa or some other, I, I the, the limonene in, in, in and of itself is my pick me up. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, we I, have a limonene lotion. So check out our website. I we just I, went live by the way on the topicals. So uh, happy to put, push that along as well. 
Both of you are kind of in that hemp, that hemp retail industry or, or in that side of things. What are, what are some of the, how to say, you all have the same roadblocks that almost a normal cannabis company have. You are under really strict circumstances with your social media and marketing presence. You are under really strict packaging scenarios and really strict shipping requirements and really strict aging. You know, there's just, there's so many high risk credit card processing at every turn. You really are going through the same power or the same problems without that umbrella or that coolness of working with actual, like a, you know, THC plant matter. Um, what are some of the things that you're kind of excited about that the hemp industry has, has changed in the last two years to kind of allow you to pursue things in this way? Well, we're working on so many laws and just defining what we can and can't do. Uh, even though I am a hemp company, I actually own two companies. Uh, I have Emerald Days, and then I also own the Balm Body Care. And what my philosophy was when I did two companies was one would be CBD and one would be THC. But what I've really found is uh, sticking with one and learning the laws and staying out of trouble hmm. um, and bringing good products to, to market is uh, really where I want to be. So the laws that have changed, uh, we're seeing more uh, interstate commerce. I have friends who are doing great work with uh, farms in New York, working with genetics. So uh, as the laws change, we're able to educate more people and have people live a better life, uh, get that nervous system under control, get that parasympathetic system under control and shift your body because we are the ones who are in control of our body. We are the ones that have uh, the products, the terpenes, the, the CBG, the CBN, uh, the breath work, the yoga to be able to change so much of our future. And I get so emotional because, uh, and I really would like to say this, I, I searched I did healthcare. I searched for health. I made sure I did what I needed to do to have a great future, only to find that disease finds us and what to do about that and how to live a healthy life after that uh, really wasn't something that the, the doctors gave me a roadmap to. You know, my I asked my, uh, my uh, IBS doctor, you know, is it gonna be this bad forever? I lost 110 pounds in eight months. Oh my, oh my. Yes, that's how, and I'll tell that story because that's an important one. But uh, my own physicians that I actually worked with in healthcare that became my personal physicians, they didn't know what to tell me. Be comfortable. Goes, you know, you're bringing products in that are working. No, you can't have an antidepressant. You're doing a good job. Just do more of what you're doing. And they encouraged me in, in that aspect, but they didn't tell me that, uh, yeah, the little nodules in your body, make sure that you take care of those because those will uh, get larger and, and, and uh, protect toxins and make you very, very sick. You know, they didn't tell me that uh, if you have this disease, if you have any inflammation, any disease process, that if you're not or, or emotional stuff, 
uh, I have that baggage as well. I'm, I'm 60. <laughs> so to be able to deal with all of that and to have uh, cannabis be a part of that and to know what works nowadays that therapists, you know, that I saw for years and years, talk therapy, it's, we know now that that's not where it's at. Talk therapy is good, but we also know along with CBD fights inflammation and uh, all the diseases have inflammation. So to be able to utilize that and not have to depend on pharmaceuticals and know that we can, with breath work, change our minds. With yoga and stretching, we know now that trauma is stored in the muscles. So all the talk therapy that I did till I was blue in the face, you know, it got me to a point where I didn't fall on the ground. I, I was able to function. But until I really got involved with CBD, uh, hemp, and, you know, the plant in a whole, and understanding the different modalities that could calm my body back down after trauma, you know, sign me up. Sign Let me, me tell up. people, sign me up. Well, that's why it's amazing to have your story on here, to have Andrea on here and all of the amazing people that we've had from uh, The Courage and Cannabis and Dr. Bridget Williams kind of bringing you guys together because it is about telling those stories, telling those stories that are need to be get to get out there because people need to understand that there is maybe something out there that you aren't thinking of or there maybe is an alternative or there maybe is some science out there that people are thinking about that we just haven't uncovered in I'm curious, as she said something earlier, uh, Christy Chapman, CEO of uh, Emerald Hayes was talking, Andrea, about like kind of the changing laws and regulations and with your kind of role with the Eastern Kentucky Hemp Company, like working there and the ever-changing laws in, you know, hemp-derived products and cannabis and such. Uh, is that something that's been difficult or to keep on track of or do you kind of just go with the flow? What's it been like kind of managing a place that's dealing in hemp and then having to constantly worry about, oh, oh, this different derivative is no longer for sale and such? It has been a little bit difficult to keep up with the changing laws, especially because I work at an Ohio location, but the company itself is mostly Kentucky based. So when Kentucky changed its Delta-8 regulations, we had to mm. change um, points of our operation for even the Ohio locations. Um, and then recently, there's been the news about THC-0 or THCO. Um, I think that's all like a lot banned of my stuff now, right? Is THCO, isn't they banned that officially? I'm still a little bit confused. About... <laughs> it's not good. That's not good that you and I, who both talk about this all day. Christy, where are you at? Is THCO? I think it's been banned permanently. I'm not sure. I think, what, can I, are you asking for my opinion? <laughs> I'm just, yes, you, well, this, well, here's where it probably, THCO, the problem is. I, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, uh, I'm I, not I a fan either. I think outlawed in so many places. I actually took my, uh, my, uh, seltzer line that I have and we did Delta 8 for a while and uh, I just I, I'm not here to judge anybody else but I believe in a little bit of, of being a purist and if it comes from the plant I'm happy to use it if it's manipulated I prefer not to that's just my stand 
It's a, it's not a. I don't think it's even anything controversial. I think uh, that's pretty common in our. I think you're seeing that more and more, uh, which is why I think you're seeing people, especially, turn into uh, the CBG flower, for example, or things like that, or the CBD, because it still gives them that effect. Uh, with that, has that been something that you run into, Andrew? Do you have people who come in there and they're more purists? How has it been? You know, when people. Like, for example, in someone who's, you know, gone through programs thinking about studying it, the educational aspect of THCO, THC, pick a letter from the alphabet, it seems like they toss it on there. You know, the understanding that these are not plants, right, per se, they're kind of derived oils sprayed onto a different plant, pick a plant, and you can put it on there. We'll just happen to put it on CBG flower or something like that. How has it been trying to educate? Do people understand what they're putting into their bodies? What's it been like, Andrea, in your experience? I work near the campus for the University of Cincinnati. So most of my customers are young people who are just looking for a recreational high. Sure. Um, so I do try to focus on product education, at least between Delta 8 CBD and THC zero. Um, we don't really carry any other options, but I do get some people who do not care as long as they get high. And then I get some customers who are looking for relief for specific ailments like arthritis, anxiety. It's that so. weird world that we're floating in. And I, I kind of like this conversation that we're it, and it's an interesting one because we're getting into, and I liked, you know, kind of what Andrew referred to, which is where I think a lot of, and as a parent of a teenager, where a lot of young adults look at it as a legal high, right? And we're over here talking about damaging to the lungs. Christy's probably like, stop it. Oh, it's terrible for your lungs. You're so don't, young. Don't do it. <laughs> I do that. Uh, but I also have the same, I heard you mention when you first started talking a while ago, you like quit smoking a while ago, as we all did, like smoked in my 20s. Dustin, quit smoking. <clears throat> I'm going to shame you for a moment, Dustin. Um, <laughs> Dustin. Yeah, Dustin, quit smoking. <laughs> uh, but it, Always the guy with the beard, isn't it? No, it's just because you literally smoke cigarettes. Don't, don't be deflecting. <laughs> We're stereotyping you. I stereotype you every show, but don't deflect right now. Uh, you're listening because <laughs> Cannabis 420 Holiday Special. Uh, thank you for listening. We are uh, at 3.15 into the show. We're getting there. We're going to end at 4.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got a couple more guests uh, to join us here before we wrap up. If you've enjoyed all this uh, conversation, which it's been some crazy, interesting stories. It feels like so long ago that Dr. Bridget Williams herself was on here and uh, Rick and um, Gerald. Uh, been a while. We've had a lot of great guests on here. Everyone's Thursday, 4.20 p.m., brand new shows of Because Cannabis on YouTube. And then on Thursdays, wherever you listen to your podcast on audio, we have a brand new episode that follows. Uh, follow us at MeetWM. Uh, having the conversation right now about synthetic cannabis, real cannabis, direct, you know, the legal high, the not legal high. Uh, and so we look at it from, you know, a sales perspective, but I think from a health perspective, it's going to be interesting, Christine, you may already have line of sight onto this. I think 
you know, when I grew up, I'm grow I'm, I'm 50 years old. When I grew up, Fred Flintstone cartoons sold me cigarettes, right? They're like, hey, Bonnie, have a Winston. I just want to do my Fred Flintstone. That's all I want. It's the whole reason <laughs> I've been telling this five-hour podcast. It's just like, like, hey, Winston, Bonnie. Uh, it's a terrible That Fred was Flintstone. a horrible, too. It's a horrible Fred Flintstone. What am I? But it's my, it's my Fred Flintstone. Anyway, like, so, you know, <laughs> doctors were selling cigarettes, right? Healthy cigarettes versus this. They literally, one of those four out of five doctors would recommend, you know, Winston Lights versus regular winstons because they're safer healthy are we gonna have christy um in a few years five years ten years these studies on what and we'll even take it a little farther what like e-juice and all these other things are doing to our lungs is that coming is that day of reckoning coming for these industries well i think that day is already here oh snap yeah yeah uh I think that the vape industry really uh, pushed that. Uh, I don't know if anybody has heard of popcorn lung, oh, yeah. but uh, it's not pleasant um, when you are putting oils into your lungs, you are doing damage. When you put heat into your lungs, you are doing damage. So it's irreversible and uh, it's to be taken serious. Um, I know that when we go into the doctor's office now, that is one of the questions. It's not just, did you smoke cigarettes? It's, do you vape? Because they're preparing for what's coming after these mm. people have been doing it. Now, I'm going to be very, very transparent. I do vape at times. There was a time when uh, my lung health was secondary to me being able to keep food down. And that meant I did keep a vape pen under my pillow for a very long time so I could make it to the restroom in the middle of the night. So, again, we, we have to really look at um, is it helping us to have a better quality of life? Mm -hmm. So uh, but yes, we, we are here at that day where uh, so many people, even in the industry, who are saying, you know, my lung health is not what it used to be. And that's concerning. It's alarming. It, I was concerned about it 10 years ago. And that actually in 2017 is when I started the CBD uh, inhalers. And um, I'm an advocate for that. And I really believe that there's going to be a huge shift in not how we medicate. Well, yes, how we medicate, but away from the damage way of medicating and to look at different avenues. Like, are we utilizing a drop of RSO. Yeah. Are, are we, and this, I want to stand up on a mountain and shout this. Are we taking the proper amount of CBD to fill our endocannabinoid system? People, I've been in this industry for almost a decade and I wasn't filling my endocannabinoid system pr properly. So I encourage everybody a hundred milligrams a day, if you can, if you have it, I, personally take 150 milligrams of full spectrum oil a day. So um, do you think that it's there, important. do you think that there is an over stimulus of the endocannabinoid system in many patients as well? A lot of times we talk about the not getting enough, especially when we talk about new patients. Yes. But I, I know, you know, we just talked to um, Dr. Amanda Ryman, who just took a 30 day break. Oh, yeah. She documented. She, yeah. And so, and she is noticing that 
it takes a third or a tenth of what she was after that break to fill her end her ECS system, and that she was well overstimulating it for years and years. Absolutely. You know, we know that saying everything in moderation. We understood that uh, cannabis would help all of these different diseases and the topicals and whatnot. And so I, I can only use myself as an example. Uh, I was utilizing THC on an extreme level when I was ill. And all I needed was someone to drive me around because I couldn't drive. So here's where uh, you're going to make me cry. Here's where it gets good. Okay. I'm sorry. You are. You're going to. Okay. So, so I, so I was dabbing. So I, um, I got off the pharmaceuticals, um, detoxed from that. And when I woke up from my pharmaceutical world, I had more disease processes going on than I knew about. And I fell down sick, sick, sick. Lost over, I think it was 106-ish pounds in eight months. And I, I, that's when I started dabbing because the pain was so great to just drink water. My autoimmune disease got me so badly, you guys. I couldn't drink water. I couldn't mm. stay hydrated. Lost all that weight. And I, I was dabbing because I wanted to move. I was dabbing heavily uh, because... It was my pain medicine and it worked. I got to walk. I got to do personal care. So here's where I want to cry. My story is I was over medicating with THC to be able to function, to be able to breathe. And I happened to be looking at the uh, meter dose inhalers because I wanted to see what it would do for an asthmatic. That was my education at that point. So I got the inhaler and I, I said, okay, well, I have to be the guinea pig. Like, what's it going to do to me, right? Of course you do that. So I did it religiously for a month. Okay, here's where I'm going to start getting teared up. I went to the doctor. He looked at my chart. He saw that I had gained 50 pounds in one month. And he looked at me and said, what did you do different? <laughs> And I said, I started using a CBD inhaler because my stomach is so upset. I can't keep water down. And it helped me to relax my GI system so that I could get some food in there. So my mindset really changed. Okay. THC for pain, CBD for disease. Of course, you, you, you need them hand in hand. So I decreased my THC drastically and shot up my CBD. And you guys, I went from not being able to keep water down to uh, I, I could go to a meeting and maybe eat a little bit. And they would say, you know, we can, can we, we can do this later. Let's reconvene later. And I'd say, no, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to take my inhaler. Sometimes I would do it right at the table. Guys, the color would come back to my face and I would eat and continue. And they would just be like, wow. You know that great slate color that you get when you have <laughs> chronic illness? Yes. It, it would take it away. So over-medicating is easy to do when you don't feel good. And what uh, we are on here 
to share is that CBD is what will ease the disease. I like that. So, I like it. It's good so, let, so, so everybody, let's increase our, our intake of CBD and see if we can't drop down on our THC. Be a little more focused. You know, uh, I, for one, uh, I should figure out how much I've been able to drop my dosage. Um, but it just works, whether it's a tincture, uh, whether, you know, you're not able to absorb then um, it, it it makes for such a better life. Makes for such a, a better, uh, life. better life. It's amazing. I, we just, it's been such a day. It's been a day and we still got a few more here, but a day of really powerful, amazing stories. One of our guests has to get going here. Uh, Andrea Chalet, Andrea Chalet, another author, Encouraging Cannabis, Volume 2, available soon. You can find that book at couragingcannabis.com. Uh, you can find exactly, uh, if you go to the comments section now, you can go to uh, Andrea's author page. Andrea, thank you uh, for joining us today here on the show. We really appreciate you uh, being on here. Um, um, anything you want to say before you head out for the day? I definitely agree with Christy about increasing our CBD intake. Before I started working in the hemp industry, I didn't realize how vital CBD is. I hadn't really tried it much. I was just a THC girl, but it has combining CBD and THC has helped my symptoms even more than I thought it could. Um, and it's great that it's more accessible to people, especially if you don't live in a state where THC is recreationally or medically legal. So yes, CBD is awesome as well. CBD is awesome. Uh, thank you, Andrea, for joining Andrea, us today. Thank you. Really appreciate having you on here. Uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you soon. You can check out more of Andrea's story, couragingcannabis.com. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Uh, Thanks, good luck. Thanks. Bye, Andrea. Bye. Uh, we're having some great conversations here on our cannabis, uh, because cannabis holiday special here. Uh, four hours and 20 minutes show. We're about 3.30. We got about 45 minutes left, give or take. Uh, we're sitting here, of course, Dustin and myself. We're here every Wednesday, 4.20 p.m. for a brand new show on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscription button there. We got Christy Chapman, the CEO of Emerald Days. We're going to bring in a past guest of the show, someone who I know uh, have, will have continue to add to this great conversation about cannabis and usage. Uh, Robert Kowalski, uh, a founder of Veterans Ending the Stigma, uh, talking about PTSD, someone who, uh, you know, you heard his story. You can hear Robert's story on our past episode. I love when he talks about his grandmother, uh, not digging down to it, and he just rolled it and enjoyed it and had a good time. Robert, how are you uh, enjoying April 20th today, sir? Oh, it's been a very productive day so far. I'm spending the day up here in D.C., so I've been dealing with Congress since about 11 o'clock this morning. So uh, that is our second guest from D.C. We're moving up in the world. We already had Natasha <laughs> Andrews Esquire in D uh, Washington, D.C. today. And now, Robert, I did not know that. So you are out right now, uh, man of action in D.C. Tell us a little bit about what's happening out there. Yeah, so uh, the Can National Cannabis Festival is taking place this weekend uh, in D.C. And to piggyback onto that, they held a... Uh, cannabis policy summit today inside the Capitol building. So um, I just left the Capitol Visitor Center uh, where we got to listen to about 12 different congressional leaders discuss uh, various bills that they have moving forward. 
uh, through Congress as well as what their hopes are for the future. And then I'm going to take what I learned today as well as some of the stuff I've been working on and I got meetings set up for tomorrow to kind of piggyback on everything. Man, I just, I, you are, have, you're just always, you're, you're another one who's always busy and always pushing forward. And I don't know, man, you just continue to impress me. I, I was so good seeing you at the last event. Um, what was that? The uh, BC, I need help with it. Oh, the uh, Medicaid OH. Shout out to Gabriel Medicaid. Dion. Medicaid OH uh, holds a couple events. Check them out. MedicaidOH.com. Gabriel, friend of the show, been on the show before. Yeah, coming together, we run in these circles and we see those same folks. But that's when Robert's here in Ohio. I love that you are kind of out there doing that today. What has been kind of, you have a highlight, you have a moment so far uh, that has really like been like, damn, I'm so glad I'm here today. Or has it been good, bad? What's it been like? Um kind of indifferent right now because of the way the the way congress is set up right now and what they're pushing a lot of it is good but a lot of it's just the same shit that we've been dealing with for how many years now and trying to figure out how to get through that and get past some of these talking points that they have is has been very challenging um i would say maybe the highlight of my day would have been uh uh representative schumer our Senator Schumer come out and he talked and actually is really adamant in pushing this agenda through this year uh, into next year. So having someone of that caliber really in it to win it, uh, he got to, he shared with us a little personal story about his father who uh, served in uh, World War II. Huh. So learning about his father and how what he gained from his service and what he was able to do with the service and the stuff he learned from his grandfather, it definitely carries over well into some of the messaging that we're pushing on our end. That is, uh, it's amazing stuff. You know, it's interesting. We've been talking with a lot of our guests today about their 420 experience, not so much today, but how it compares to years past, how they've seen the evolution of society and acceptance and the fact that now we're talking about it's being Dustin or hanging out for four hours is talking about it and it's, you know, normal lies and you're out there. How have you seen or what's it been like, you know, over the last several you know years uh, in this industry? Like what's it been like for you kind of spending these days? Do you see you, do you feel like it's been in making an indent, like getting out there? Do you feel like you're just still screaming at a brick wall? Do you feel like you're making progress when you do these conventions and rallies and public meetings? Um, I do. I, I see it not so much in the short, short term, but definitely as the years have gone by, seeing the hard work that's been put in through our community. Um, this is a marathon we're running and to see the finish line now after so many years, um, what I consider the fin the finish line, right, which would be the ending to federal prohibition, however yeah. that looks like, whether you agree with it or not, you know, the end of federal prohibition is here. Um, so with that, I definitely say that we're winning, but it a lot of times feels like we're taking two steps forward and then take three or four steps backwards sometimes. And so just kind of trying to, to beat that brick wall down and make sure that the message really sticks to it. Oh, Dustin, you are muted again. 
Yeah, come on, Dustin. It's only been we've only been doing this for three and a half plus hours. You've no, yet to figure I, out the mute button. Come on. I've been double muting myself because I, it, I'm not used to the roadcaster. Yes. So it's it's yeah. Um no, I'm excited to bring in our next guest. Oh, we do. We have another guest today. We've got a slew of guests. We've been joining us. We're talking with Robert Kowalski, the founder of Veterans Ending the Sigma. Right now, he's out in Washington, D.C., spending his April 20th in D.C., talking with state representatives, meeting with Schumer. Uh, we have another guest we're about to uh, bring in, Dr. Neek Pichette. Did I say that correctly? No, I think we're uh, muted. Yes. Oh, there we are. Hey there, uh, Dr. <laughs> Neek. We'll go with Dr. Neek. Is that all right? We do that for short? That works? Yes, I just want to clarify. I'm a I'm a nurse doctor, not a medical doctor. So, <laughs> I'm firing the person that wrote this notes right over here. Who wrote? That? I think I might have wrote that. Uh, nurse. It's just Doctor Nurse Neek. <laughs> nurse Neek, I dig it. All right, I love alliteration. We'll do Nurse Neek here. Uh, nurse Neek Fischette, thank you for joining us. You are also. We've had a slew of authors on today from Courage and Cannabis, Courage and Cannabis uh, Volume 2, about to come out soon. You can find it at CourageandCannabis.com. Courage and Cannabis Volume 1, available everywhere, including Amazon, along with Weed Mom from one of our past guests. Uh, how are you, Nurse Neek? How are you spending your April 20th thus far? Well, I'm bringing you live from the Cannabis Research Lab from Hartford, Connecticut, Olin Neuropsychiatry Research Center. And we just got finished up dosing a human participant. Uh, we're doing multiple studies here. Uh, and today we did our THC study and um, our memory study. So we just finished up with that. Um, and uh, that's, that's how I, that's how I spent the first part of my 420. What the, hold on a second. You need to add badass not... to her title. <laughs> yeah, I did title. not see that coming. Uh, oh. I gotta be honest, once again, fire in the research department of this can show. You, can you see the recliner chair with the smoke inhalation? The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Hold on, Seth, just hold on. We have a lot, I feel like there's a lot to break down. First of all, we gotta address Christy Chapman who is trying so hard to reconnect. She's probably dying to get out of this conversation. We got, thank you, I think we got Christy back. I don't know if you heard in all that in and out, Christy, if you're uh, familiar with Nurse Neek, uh, but basically she's doing like 70 studies, giving people weed, documenting weird things <laughs> happening with Nurse Neek. That is a recliner where people smoke under. Um, wow. <laughs> That is awesome, Neek. That is that is so cool. All right, so I got to imagine the number one question because I feel like all of you, as soon as you tell someone what you do, like how you are in Jason or whatever to the cannabis industry, for some reason, everyone always wants to know if you're carrying weed on you. It's like, oh, you got any? <laughs> like, what? You could be like, you could be like literally, you know, RIP, Raphael, mashallah, I'm walking around. People are like, you, you, you carrying? All right. Um, in your job, I got to imagine the go-to joke is, how do I get that job? Like, how do I get to be that person, right? I'm already, like, I'm not even in Connecticut, but I will, you know, okay, I'm not going to drive to Connecticut free weed. I'm not that desperate. But uh, how does one get said job to be a tester who, to consume cannabis and be studied? Uh, so you can go on to Hartford Hospital's clinical research, and you can look up the research that we're doing. And there's multiple research studies going on here at the hospital, and you can check out the cannabis research studies that are going on and uh, join through that. Ooh. So we're looking for participants between 18 to 75, um, and the dosing is via Volcano. 
and uh, usually we just talked about uh, the non-bag version of the volcano about an hour ago on the show okay. called the Plenty. Um, okay. So yeah, we're. <laughs> yep, this is the this is the bag version. So dosing for the study is a two-bag dose. Wow! Shut the front door. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna need that recliner, Nick. You are uh, going there. So. Uh, and I just, to, I just have to have a shout out to to Robert, uh, Robert for the for the veterans community. We go way back. And Christy, uh, I I know both both people here today. Christy, thank you so much for being part of the cannabis nursing community. And she helped me get the link to get in here because I was kind of stressed trying to figure out. <laughs> so I wanted to throw throw them both a shout out for all the work that they've been doing in the cannabis space as well. Thank you, Dr. Neek. And, you know, that is just one of the things that I love so much about our industry and our community is we help each other. You know, it, it booted me off, but we're both here. And, uh, you know, we get by with a little help from our friends. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, Speaking on that community, I've always felt that the cannabis community was pretty it was a community we discussed we we shared stuff but the more i'm reading and in the glass blowing community which is a subsection of the cannabis community they are the absolute opposite i'm not going to tell anybody about my technique i'm not going to explain our proprietary process i'm not going to i see a lot of that silo silos i don't even know what it that in within our industry itself and so you know, do you do you notice that from company to company as opposed from person to person when I, you know, uh, yeah. Trying to... Oh, can I have that one? Yes. Sure. Yeah. You know, when I first got into the cannabis space as a patient, I, I definitely came as a patient. Um, I was seeking health. I needed it. I needed answers. I needed people that would help me. And when I found people that didn't want to help me because they wanted to keep something a secret, I made it my mission to make sure that there were no secrets. I made it my mission to share that this is how you can, you know, either do this, you know, uh, education. Education is to be shared so that people can live a better life. So I'm really happy to be in my tribe, my community of the nurses network and Dr. Neek, who are so uh, thrilled to share how to live a better life. Find those people and surround yourself with them. Yes. We're there. I think I can uh, I can build on that a little bit too and kind of tie both of you in because um, within our community, we, we have our own little niches, right? Like. Christy just brought it up on how she's grateful being within the nursing cannabis community. And like for me being within the veteran cannabis community and being within the patient community. And, and I completely agree that with Christy that the patient community in and of itself started to share information on healing. And I think once we got into the whole corporate paradigm of this ordeal, is when we started seeing the trade secret component come into play. And then it was everybody trying to fight for the same dollar rather than fighting for, to save a life. And so I think we kind of got the best and the worst of both worlds there. And that 
we've lost the main mission of fighting to share information to save a life and we've turned it into the game of chasing the dollar we don't have to chase that dollar though we get we can be patients encouraging other patients we can be the change i encourage everybody to stand up and help the person next to you it is not about corporate it is about a plant and healing and i'll tell you because of cannabis yeah that's why we named it clever right right? because of cannabis i uh, got through my second battle with breast cancer which brought me to robert and veterans ending the stigma, which brought me to alternative therapy at Ananda Farms, working on the farm uh, and uh, getting therapy there, working with the plant and that organization, because I'm also a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. And from that as a patient and not having any education back in 2013 on how to use cannabis as medicine, but being allergic to all the antiemetics, which are the medications for nausea. Um, I was going through chemotherapy, radiation. That's where then brought me to the nursing world of the Cannabis Nurses Network to meet people like Christy and other like-minded nurses. Um, led by Heather Manis, who has been instrumental in this global nursing community. So again, um, through that, I started uh, getting into research because as a cannabis patient and a nurse with mental health issues, I didn't think anybody would listen to me or take me seriously. So I had to continue with my education And that's why I got my doctorate in nursing. And that's why I'm doing research because cannabis is medicine. And I would not be sitting here right now from this lab dosing actual human patients, participants, if it wasn't for being blessed with my second diagnosis of breast cancer. Wow. I mean, that's just... It's just trying to still, I don't even want to step on that moment, right? We're trying to take it in. It's part of, it's part of why we love the whole Courage and Cannabis line. It's part of why we love doing Dustin and I going to these conventions and these places and being in that community. Like we love and appreciate that you guys are spending some time with us today, obviously telling your stories. Uh, I think it's important to have these conversations and you all are, I love the familiarity now because we can kind of chat, but I don't think enough people are kind of talking about it and maybe outside of their groups and such do uh you know with all of you i guess we can kind of go around the room you know when we talk about cannabis as a medicine and you have you know the nurses especially i think for uh, christy and neek i feel like the majority of your profession doesn't approve of what you do right so i think that's weird right so you have like this per sub we talk about sub niches uh and i'm curious robert for you within the veteran community you know maybe the same question for all three we'll start with christy kind of go around the room like within your kind of field do you still feel like a black sheep do you still feel like a you know that unaccepted even though you're qualified and educated does it feel we'll start with christy and maybe neek and robert does it feel weird sometimes to be out there, be knowledgeable, but still have your peers like be like, what's that crazy stoner lady talking about? You know, uh, I, I believe I actually, I did feel like the crazy stoner lady when I first started, but I knew, I knew better. And when you know what, you know, 
get the courage to stand up and be the example and tell the people that don't get it, get it. So for me, I was really blessed. Uh, I had a physician that uh, it was actually um, my therapist. It was a physician. And I spent 10 years uh, working with him and he got to see firsthand what cannabis was doing in my life. So I was blessed that I had a medical professional in a very high uh, position watching what was happening and documenting it. And so I knew that his interest in how I was healing as his best patient with IBS and PTSD, uh, I got to educate him. And so that allowed me to uh, put my feet on the ground in what I believed. And then came all of the other healthcare professionals that didn't uh, get it yet. And so I, I had a very hard time and I did feel like the black sheep, but again, when you know what you know, you know it. And I wasn't going to let anybody move me from that. So I now find myself in a position, as I believe some of the other people on this panel, where I have found uh, that I have gained a lot of respect for believing in what I believed in and sticking with it. When uh, my church I went to them. That was another uh, social area that I really had to break that stigma. Mm -hmm. And I now have people in my uh, church family and community mm -hmm. coming to me for advice. So be the black sheep if you have good knowledge and tell other people get it. How about for you, Nick? Well, I kind of live a double life. I am at the research center during the week where we actively talk about cannabis and we're dosing participants and we're, you know, involved with CBD and THC studies. And then on the weekends, I work on a geriatric psychiatric unit as a psychiatric nurse. And there I'm um, it's a very different world. And the doctor yeah. that I work with there has concerns about my nursing because of my work with cannabis. So again, very different worlds. And yeah. I've had a lot of difficulties since 2013 in nursing. And in 2015, 16, I was popping positive for THC on purpose for my job interviews, fighting for the rights of nurses to be able to use cannabis as medicine. Yeah. And I could not get a job. Huh. So even the last was in Massachusetts where I went for a job as a psych nurse in a psych hospital in a, in a medically legal state. And I was honest with them. And when I told them I'm going to pop positive, they said, Neek, let's do it. You're in a medical marijuana program. You have your card. You're a nurse. You've never been in trouble. Let's go ahead and go forward. Uh, they pushed me through. The test came back positive for THC. The medical director called me, asked what breast cancer study I was a part of. I said, Doc, you know there's no breast cancer studies for cannabis. He says, well, I'm sorry, we can't hire you. Wow. So um, it's one of those things where you have to be really careful. I have, you know, there's Shonda Broom who lost her nursing license because of cannabis so again, we're still fighting the good fight in many different levels. Uh, Robert, uh, that's just, it's incredible. And it's heartbreaking, obviously, to hear at the same point. Within the veterans community, Robert, do you feel 
it's more accepted maybe than nursing? Do you feel like there's still a lot of veterans? And the reason I ask is I associate sometimes, you know, veterans with maybe being more uh, conservative minded in that regard, which tends to lean against cannabis. Uh, but it also has been obviously proven and it's one of the most uh, recommended PTSD is like the second most re- recommendation across the country nationally. How has it been within the veterans community? Are you niche? Are you accepted? What is it like when you go out there and talk about cannabis and PTSD? No, I'm, I'm very much the black sheep um, in a couple of different ways. One is I'm vocal about it. And, and within our community, there's veterans aren't really vocal about it. If they're using it, they're using it. And that's that. You, there's no reason that you need to know what's in our medicine cabinet type of deal. And, and then on, on the other hand, it's the whole federal legality of it. Right. So as federal people going through federal programs and dealing with federal issues, mm. we there is that whole federal dilemma and fear. Um, the fear tactic utilized of losing your benefits and you know for someone like myself who's 100% disabled you know 100% of my livelihood comes from the federal government if all of a sudden one day which I dealt with um, a lot of people don't know this but last year I I fought for six months because the government decided not to pay me for my my spouse and my child and so losing that much money right off the bat with no notice from the government with no reasoning behind it, with no nothing, um, all of a sudden just losing this money out of the fact that they didn't want to recognize something. Um, and after all of these years, I mean, I've been married for 10 years now, you know, I got an eight year old child. So to just up and do this felt targeting to me. Mm-hmm. And then when you go and start looking at some of the stuff that's been put in my rec- uh, medical records in the past couple of years from VA doctors that now I have these things that are traveling with me for the rest of my life through the VA system on like um, I even have a diagnosis for the fact that I started a nonprofit to educate about cannabis. That's a diagnosis started a nonprofit is now a diagnosis. It it is. And I had the doctor put in that it is, um, something about social networking or whatnot that uh, because I started, I claim I started a nonprofit for education. It showed that I was mentally distraught and it doesn't help that I don't have the education. So I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I have never been to college. So the fact that I know as much as I know about what I know about, and now I'm talking to the caliber of people I'm talking to, I'm the black sheet of, of the of, of the black sheep every day no. so you kind of just get in co- get comfortable with that feeling and like right christy said you know you just you got to just speak your truth and know that your truth is right until somebody's just sits down and listens to you and it will happen if it didn't happen i wouldn't still be doing this after seven years still talking with these fabulous people so love it Awesome. Love it. We got one more guest to bring in. Yeah, we are about 12. I feel like this is almost like a New Year's Eve kind of countdown. I don't have Ryan Seacrest here. I don't have anything, but we're building towards 420. Uh, Anthony Trevliante, come on in, buddy. Let's bring Anthony in. Dustin, can you bring Anthony in? Anthony, uh, he opened the show with us four hours ago. Anthony was with us. He is now back to celebrate the end of the show. We got about 10 minutes left in our show. Looks like we're going to finish off strong with five guests here. We got Robert Kowalski from Veterans Ending the Stigma. 
Christie Chapman, the CEO of Emerald Days, uh, really working hard on nebulizers, which is a fascination of mine. So I love that we have on there. Uh, Nurse Neek, uh, Neek Pichette uh, out there in Hartford, Connecticut, doing God's work is what I like to say. You can go sign up right now. She's going to do research on you as you smoke weed. And that recliner literally right behind her. You can sit in that recliner, blow into that carbon filter, and she's going to ask you a bunch of questions. It's basically like an obscene parent. But you're like, no. Give me. Do you get paid for that? Is it a little money, a little stipend? You do. You get a stipend and you actually go through um, MRI, an EEG, and you have blood drawing done throughout the day too so we can check out the THC metabolites and your memory. Are you doing like a strain by strain? Like, do you have, are you trying to go like so specific or do people ask like, Hey, hook me up with some of that kush? Like, what's that? What's that? Pro- do you take requests? I think is pretty much what my uh, final question is there. Unfortunately, no, it's all standardized. Yeah. That's what I want someone to roll in. Be like, yeah, if you don't give me some of that uh, purple kush, I ain't, I ain't doing this. Like I only roll indica, nothing like that. Uh, all right, we, we got uh, Nick Pichette and then Anthony uh, Traviante, Trav Media Group, uh, working with Grasslands, doing a lot of great work into there. Um, all right, uh, we got 10 minutes left. We'll go around the room here. You guys got a few hours left in the day. I think all of you are East Coast. Where are you? No, you're East Coast. Uh, Christy, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if we found out. West Coast. No, we are West Coast time. You still got a ton of time. The rest of you are East Coasters here with Dustin and I. So we're coming up on actual 420 p.m. You get to be like multiple holidays, Christy. Like every 420, it just happens like again and again. You celebrate. Hop on podcast, time zone after time zone. That's what I'm talking about. Do you think if I was on a – I'm totally rambling. If I was on a plane right now, like cross country, could I like smoke at every 420 across the plane? Ooh. Yeah, stoner talk. We've had such deep conversations that I'm so glad we have. I felt like our lack of stoner, really stoner stereotypical talk has been very low today on that uh, conversation. All right, uh, Robert, you're going to leave here in a few minutes. What are you doing the rest of the day, sir? Well, I brought my family with me to D.C. Um, they're, they're joining me for my first trip here, so I think I'm going to try and hit up a museum or two before they close today. Um, and then chill out and relax. I'm medicating chill out and relax. First, first time since this morning. So, no, oh, I would imagine a whole day getting out there talking to like Senator Schumer, doing all that. I'd imagine that, uh, leave the nerves a little afraid, Robert Kowalski. So, you deserve it doing out there, doing the work. Thank you. Uh, Christy, how are you going to spend the rest of today? It's all about work. When you know how people can live a better life, you got to get them products. So I will be delivering product for the rest of the day. Wow, look at you out there. Who in the uh, doing that? Do you do like brand days? You have to go up there and try to compete with the other companies. Are you into that mode? I used to do that. Um, yeah, not so much nowadays. <laughs> <It's> not <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nurse Neek, what are you doing the rest of today? Um, I'm going to finish up here at the lab and then I'm actually moving from Connecticut to Rhode Island. So I got to go back and uh, to my apartment and pack up my truck again and head back to Rhode Island. So uh, that's that's where I'm at right now. Huh. Why the move, if I may ask? What's in Rhode Island? Um, closer to my family. My mom's 93. Um, so I was born and raised in Fall River, Mass. And, um, so this is like a two hour drive to my mom. So I'll still have a 90 minute commute, but I can't give up this career that, um, that the path that I'm on right now, but I also owe my mom a little bit of 
time for everything she did to me to help me get to where I am today without giving up on me. <laughs> well, now we're all going to cry. Christy's crying. Now, now we're all going to cry, Nurse Dink. Uh, uh, Anthony Trevliante, what are you going to do after uh, today? We've got seven minutes left. What are you doing after the show? Um, I got a few hours of work left. and then What is – hold on a second, people. What the – why are we all work it so hard? It's April 20th. Everyone's like, I feel like you're all chest posturing. We're all just kind of sizing up here, people. Like, I got to work we six hours. I'm going to work. You got price. To you're all prices writing how much work you're doing right now. I am not having it. We are seven minutes away from the time of the day on today, and you're all like workaholics. I, mean, I, I got my bowl pack and my, my flower well, thank next you. to me. So I know. We're still working it, the cannabis happening, here, so slow. I'm still- not. It's not like it's that bad. <laughs> 420 is the day we work harder because we recognize the difference in our lives and so rather than celebrate on 420 i like to uh get as many people interested in cannabis as i can so i love christy's message it's just a jam <laughs> it makes me feel good um dustin what are you doing after the show today oh man it's your fault that i gotta work i gotta prepare for oh your your history of borosilicate glass and its importance on the cannabis industry class to teach on Saturday. If you're gonna if you're gonna roll like this, let's be honest. That was like assigned two months ago. So procrastination is not an excuse. I'm not gonna work at all today when we get done. I'm not doing anything work related in the next six minutes. I this is it. I'm gonna be done. Uh, I think I gotta go grill burgers though. So I'm gonna go grill some hamburgers uh, for the family. That's what we're doing today. Uh, this has been a really amazing day. We'll give all of our guests a final word, and then we'll wrap up here at about 4.20 p.m. It's been an amazing day, everyone, uh, who has joined us today. Let's run through. Uh, Dustin, help me if I don't uh, forget. Let's run through our list of guests today. Uh, oh, Anthony Travellante, who's back in our room today. Dr. Bridget Williams, uh, who has brought a lot of guests here today. Courageandcannabis.com. Shout out to every one of our authors. We'll go by name in a second that joined us today. Courage and Cannabis Volume 1, available right now, Volume 2 going to check it out coming out soon in the editing phase as we found out uh dr bridget williams couragecannabis.com you can find out there we had dr bridget we had richard ansis on there early today candy flores gerald moore jr as well, Sarah Ratliff from sarahratliff.com. Uh, Natasha Andrews Esquire out there as well in D.C. meeting with folks and such. Uh, Roy Lipsky, Roy Lipsky, the CEO of BudLove, BudLove.com, and her Wayward 15 at checkout was with us earlier today. Daniel Simone Brand, Weed Mom. Weed Mom is available on Amazon.com right now. Uh, Andrea Chalet uh, just left us. And then, of course, we're ending with Christy Chapman, Robert Kowalski, and Nurse Neek, Anthony Trav, and Dustin, myself. Uh, four hours and 20 minutes. Year two, we did this. We did this last year, everyone. We talked for four hours and 20 minutes, ended at 420. We never go quite four hours because we always start late. Technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, but thank you all for spending yeah. some time. Christy, you've been here for quite some time. I love it. Hanging out here, uh, chatting with us as well. Uh, Robert, we'll go around the room then. Some final words, uh, and then we'll uh, smoke them if we got them, so <laughs> to speak. Uh, Robert, some final words and messages for um, the less than were here earlier, but still dedicated fans listening to the show. Oh, just keep doing what you're doing and keep pushing forward to end that stigma. There we go. Veterans ending the stigma. Uh, support Robert there, uh, what he's doing. He's supporting you right now out in D.C. So veterans ending the stigma. You can put some links for the Instagrams and such in our comments. You can find them there. How about for you, Christy? Take care of your lungs. Stay healthy.
That was not a shock that Christy was going to drop that on there. Christy <laughs> Chapman, uh, you can find some amazing uh, nebulizers and such that she has going on with Emerald Days. Uh, it was Chapman Health and Wellness, I believe, uh, as well. Uh, so thank you for a lot of the education about lung health. I feel very guilty oh, right now. It's, Dustin smoking cigarette. We shamed Dustin <laughs> earlier, Anthony. Anthony and Dustin are related. We shamed him earlier for smoking. Do nurse, no, uh, no, no shame. No, we shame. When you know better. Okay. All right. Yeah, for shame. Him. For, you can a little bit. I'll be checking up on you. I yeah, Christy Chapman's <laughs> checking up on you uh, there. Uh, Nurse Sneak out there with uh, recruiting people for the, I feel like it's such a lame joke, but the coolest job ever. I'm going to keep rocking it because it's awesome. Uh, Nurse Sneak, we got some closing words uh, for you. I just want to give a shout out to Dr. Bridget Williams for making this happen and for, you know, I'm honored to be part of this volume too. And uh, just grateful to be part of this amazing community and at the end of the day it's about the plant and mm -hmm. she gives you everything that you need the plant uh, giving you everything you need i love it anthony give us uh, drop us some uh, closing words some closing words some don't words of wisdom from your marketing some mind words good of sir wisdom from my working mind i guess one <laughs> thing the first thing i thought of was don't quit telling your story um that's what we do is we tell stories for brands and for people but it's important that every single individual takes time to tell their story, whether it's through a medium like this or whether it's on their own channels. I think that's super important. Um, and then I guess my words of wisdom from marketing is, you know, we're all still working this. I don't want to say fighting the same battle, but we're all still changing the same narrative that's going to help every single one of us in this room listening to this podcast. So it's important to always think of that um, over our own individual gains and our individual uh uh, silos, I guess, in this industry. Buzzwords, buzzwords, buzzwords. Uh, Dustin Kava, A, are you going to do this next year? Of course. <laughs> well, wait, wait till 419 2024. We'll see if he answers that question. Yes. Uh, Dustin, give us some parting words. We're almost done here. Uh, you know what? The biggest thing today is I say it all the time, but if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And everybody on the show today definitely wants to go far and is working together as a community. So I love it. I love it as well. Uh, it has been a fun time uh, sitting here in this chair uh, for four hours, just over four hours here, uh, having these great conversations with some amazing people today. I feel a lot smarter, more educated, and always inspired when we get done uh, with the show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for the second annual Because Cannabis Holiday Special for 2020-2023. Uh, I think we had like 13 people on today. Well, seven last year, 13 today. We're gonna have 30 people on next year, Dustin. We're not gonna <laughs> know what to do with ourselves. Uh, don't forget brand new episodes of Because Cannabis every single Wednesday, uh, 4.20 p.m. every single Thursday, anywhere you listen to audio. Uh, thank you, everyone that listened, everyone that liked, everyone that subscribed. I really appreciate it. Uh, that's what we do. All right. You know the drill. It's 420, everyone. Do what you got to do. You guys don't go anywhere. I'm going to end the show. I guess you can stay so we can say goodbye. But everyone else, uh, except for Christy, who's like vaping or not vaping. She's edible like you got them. Uh, <laughs> smoke them like you got them, everyone. Enjoy your time. And uh, I'll see you next Wednesday, everyone.